0: And Good morning, welcome aboard and welcome home inside the Gamecocks, the show live from the Cinerama Studios built by the Barndo Co. the BarndominiumCo.com where you can build your dream home for as low as $160 per square foot in the Carolinas, Georgia or in Tennessee. We of course are served by Chicken Cock Whiskey and we are thankful that we are, that's for sure. I had uh, a couple of neighbors try it for the first time this weekend and they absolutely loved it. So thanks to our the fine folks at Chicken Cock, born and raised in Parrish, Kentucky. And it is the official bourbon of the Gamecocks here on this program. Phil and JB, JC should be along here in just a moment, uh, wrapping up uh, JC and Morgan this morning. Uh, remember, we are now on until 2 p.m. every day, a three-hour program on Inside the Gamecocks, the show, and uh, excited to spend time with you here. 15 hours a week talking about South Carolina football and beyond. John Whittle will be here at 1120, Pat DeMarco at noon, and we'll get their uh, thoughts and reactions to South Carolina's loss to the Tennessee Volunteers on Rocky Top um, this past Saturday evening. We'll also take a drive around the SEC that is uh, driven by Love Chevrolet, Love Chevy in Columbia, South Carolina, and it is another kind of prove-it weekend coming up, uh, Phil. But the Gamecocks will be off. They will practice until Wednesday. And then Coach Beamer has given them Thursday, Friday, and Saturday some time to kind of get away from it. Um, but uh, plenty of reaction to that loss this weekend, no doubt. Uh, your comments, questions, and concerns can be entered into the Sports chat box. We'll get them into the program. You can also text us at 766-6320. Eight zero three eight zero three seven six six sixty three twenty. Without further ado, though, Mad Dog, good morning. Good
1: morning, JB. Good morning. Yeah. What a what an experience Saturday was. <laughs> yeah, just I'm just glad that we got to spend it in a little house on Lake Murray with yeah. old friends, and that was the good part of it. That, you know, that, that was that's that was the good thing that happened this weekend. <laughs> Outside yeah, of that.
0: Whew, man, that was a that was a tough watch Saturday night. Tough, tough night for the Gamecocks. Uh, there's no doubt. I mean, certainly some moments in there that uh, changed the game and then ultimately contributed to losing the game. Uh, the run game was uh, virtually non-existent outside of the 75-yarder that Mario Anderson popped. Um, they could not get the ball to Xavier Leggett. So you got to give credit to Tennessee for slowing him/slash shutting him down. Um, and then also though domin- really dominating both lines of scrimmage and uh, not giving Spencer Rattler time to get the ball to his best playmaker in uh in Leggett um you know on defense uh, you know really needed to be able to get to Joe Milton uh they couldn't stop the run uh, i think they only sacked him one time all night uh it was a uh, it was an, an intimidating atmosphere up there i know that um yeah, not a not a good performance. Not a good performance at all. And uh, Tennessee clearly had had this game circled, Phil, since last year. There's you watch them play. They played their best game of the season. Uh, there's no question that they were greatly looking forward to maybe some payback, if that's what you want to call it. Uh, nonetheless, here they are at two and three, uh, going into the bye week. Now I'm not. I'll say this though. I didn't think they'd be at two and three. I thought they would be probably at three and two. I thought that was most likely. I I didn't think it was impossible to be at four and one. I didn't think it was impossible to be at one and four either. Um, But I thought three and two was more likely than two and three. And then the rest of those scenarios from there. Uh, But they are at two and three. Uh, Shane's teams have generally gotten better as the season goes on. We've seen that last couple of years. Um, so when they they they'll take this week and kind of assess and self-evaluate self-scout those type of things and then next week it's, that's your season that's it uh if you can't beat if you can't beat florida uh it it it's very likely that the that it's it's going to be a probably a not very satisfying finish to the 2023 year um, if you can, then you, feel If you want to get where I think most fans, most people, would like to see this program at the end of the year, which is uh, either a, a seven and five record in the regular season with like a really good win in there, um, or better, eight and four, of course, or nine and three. But nine and three mean you go undefeated all the way home, um, and, and the only way to do that is by beating teams that you're not supposed to beat. So, uh, you feel good about getting four home games in Jack- in November, but you, if you, if you can get through the Gators, you got to steal a road game somewhere, Missouri or A and M. So a lot of work to be done, a lot of work to be done, uh, from, from two and three to try to get you where you want to go, which last year, uh, resulted in eight wins.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think the, the one saving grace to the season schedule is you've got, you know, the entire month of November, you play at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, two of those against teams that you should beat, period, <laughs> in Vanderbilt and, you know, Jacksonville State. But, you know, I, Kentucky looked really good against Florida. You're lucky that that game's at home. Yeah. I think you look at the Missouri game and you're like, I wish it was in the the right Columbia. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right jb i mean there's i mean your you, basically your bowl chances hinge on what happens in williams bryce two saturdays from now yeah, yeah and absolutely. you you know the everybody needs to show up even if it is a noon kick <laughs> which it might be we should
0: know it in about an hour about and we'll
1: know soon yeah, hour yeah. And a half yeah but that is a huge game huge 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 game
0: you know, I, it, it is, and and I do think South Carolina is better than Florida. Um, Same, yeah. You know, regardless of what the standings look like. Um, I, I, you know, the, the offense is going to be, uh, you know, certainly picked on until we see it again. I get that. You know, a lot of the problems they've had um, flared up Saturday evening, not being able to run the football. It felt like that offensive line starting two true freshmen up there. Um, that's that's At the end of the day, that's what's best for the future of the program. Those guys are good. Um, but um, it's going to be, you know, still going to be a process to kind of bring that, that group along. Uh, certainly some questionable calls from the booth there with Coach Loggins. Uh, you know, this, the Rattler pick six has been diagnosed from every which angle you can diagnose it. The uh, some of the third down calls and fourth down calls in my mind, um, things that things that at least are are certainly worthy of explanation and conversation. You know what? Juju hasn't had a carry in three weeks. And then all of a sudden we're moving. You're, you're, you're running tempo and it's third and one. And you got Juju McDowell in there and he gets hit behind the sticks and you know, it's kind of a personnel question. I'm not saying that anybody was right or wrong. I'm just saying those are things that are certainly worthy of having a conversation. You know, we'd maybe like to know a little bit more about why some of those things happen. You know, some of these third and fourth downs, long, throwing behind the sticks. Um, is that a call? Is it? Did somebody run the wrong route? Did you know? Just not enough time to get the ball out, so you kind of got to let it go. Is that on Rattler? Did he miss somebody downfield? We don't know the answers, Phil, to these questions. We're we're not quarterbacks and OCs. Um, we're not in the film room, so we're not seeing what happened. Uh, but but what we do know is it didn't work, and so it's at least worthy of conversation. Um, those those type things. But also though, I you know I'm not. You've got to know me pretty good. I think most people do. I, I don't call for firings and changes and things like that. It's not my place and I'm not going to do it, um, I do think at the end of the season uh, – well, and look, look, there's seven games left. There's seven games left. But depending on what happens, the way that it's trending, I think at the end of the year there probably needs to be a pretty pretty serious look at what's going on defensively with this program. Um, I do like Clayton White. I think he's a good coach. But um, but they they just – they haven't really figured it out in a couple of years – They've had some good moments. They've had some nice games. Um, giving up a lot of yards, Phil. You know, giving up giving up lots of points. 40, you know, 71 points they've allowed in the last two weeks, man. And, and, you know, I get it. You're playing really good teams. You're playing teams that can score. And I understand that. But, I mean, I've also seen football where you know, sometimes the defense is better than that good team. Maybe they stop them from scoring for whatever reason that might be. It can't always just be, well, we just have to get better or this happened or that happened. Like, sometimes, you know, sometimes you just got to, you know, be good. And they haven't really been good consistently on the defense. Now, that's not the only reason why they didn't win the other night, but I'm just saying, like, there there are a lot of points to go on the board against this defense, and I think it's fair to really, really evaluate uh, the direction of that side of the ball.
1: I, I you know, you, you've got to wonder. I mean, you see all this on Twitter and, of course, everybody's like, you know, fire Clayton White, fire Clayton White. And I'm, you know, nobody's calling for a guy to get fired midseason or anything like that. Or, you know, but it, you just, you know, we sat there all Saturday and we're like, OK, is it is it just we don't have the personnel? I mean, I know we're not very deep and I know it's young back there. Um, but you know, not having kind of some answers, especially in the front seven with some of the talent that you brought in, and not having these guys able to come in a little bit more than what it is that you know we've seen them. Um, I think is something of an issue. Uh, and I think you know, Davey, when I look at the defense and to a certain extent, the offense as well, this this bye week. I think really needs to bring a new look, you know, just because it's like some, some new blood. And I'm not saying throw the season away, but what I'm saying is, is like, maybe we, you know, for, and this is for what I know, because I'm not a coordinator in any sense of the word, but with some of the struggles that we've been having, maybe it's time to get these younger guys, the first team reps at practice. You know, and just throw it out there. Cause you've got a, a Florida team that's not coming in here as world beaters or anything like that. And give them some of that opportunity to to shut a team like that down. And then, you know, and just roll with what you got, you know, because here's the thing, it's like the future of the program, that first step is kind of already in the building. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's time to start giving them a bit more opportunity to prove their worth.
0: Yeah, I it, you know it might be. I mean, look, as we just pointed out a minute ago, I'm not, uh, I'm not uh, saying that you're wrong, Phil, at all. I'm just you know opening the conversation a little bit wider. Here is that yeah. um, you know, like we're just we just mentioned, you know, you just mentioned it actually the, about the Florida game and how important it is. And so, like you know, is that is that the time? I, I don't know. You know, I just don't know. I'm not saying that it is or isn't. But, like, you, you, you really can't lose that game because if you do, it's going bowling this year is hmm, probably, you know, and if you do, you, you, you're going to end up somewhere where nobody's going to come watch you play. And and you don't want that. You want to continue to build and things of that nature. But um, so I don't know. I don't know if that, you know, I would venture a guess that that's probably something that they've considered. Uh, but, um, yeah, it's it's been, you know, seven out of the last ten games going back to last year, this defense has given up 30 or more points. And, and really eight out of 11 but you know gave up 27 to Vanderbilt i mean so i i don't know i don't know what's going on over there i i think they've got pretty good players uh certainly like the guys in the secondary i mean the linebacking core has come along nicely they've had a bunch of really good players up front you know we've you look you can look at the recruiting look at the guys they've developed you know not a lot of guys wanted some of those dudes uh, but they'd all take them now. If they entered the portal, everybody's going to be all over Nick Eamon, Worry, and DQ Smith, and everybody else. And then you look at all the guys that you've been playing, who you beat out for, beat all these other teams for. And you and you feel like – I mean, I've seen less talented defenses at South Carolina do a lot more. And, yeah. and so I'm trying to figure it out, you know. And, again, I don't want to – I'm not calling anybody out or calling for anybody's head or – I don't know the answer. I don't know. But – I do know it doesn't work. Um, it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. And at some point in time, it, it's got to be less about, well, they're really good and they do this and they do that and we're working hard to do this. Work- it's it's, it's got to be more about like, man, they shut down one of the better offenses in the country because we've seen that around here. It can happen. It does happen. It happens every weekend. Um, and at some point in time, it doesn't have to just be what it is. Maybe you can make it something that it's not and they just have not done a lot of that they just haven't done a lot of it so I mean they did hold Georgia to 24 points and I totally get that and there's things to be applauded there but um, you know Tennessee put 41 34 on the board really uh, with the 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 seven off of the right arm of of Spencer Rattler and um, once again here we are uh, looking up trying to figure (laughs) out how these teams continuously put 30 and 40 points on the board against the South Carolina defense so JC Sherbert jumping in. He had JC and Morgan this morning. We got to get out of this segment in just a minute because we've only got a tight window to get Whittle in today. He's on the way to Mark Kingston's opening press conference of the fall, uh, JC. But before we hit that commercial break, good morning and uh, nice uh, nice work this morning.
3: Yeah, thanks. Uh, I'm here in Richmond, Kentucky, near the Buckies. <laughs> I of made it again, are. guys. Yeah, I've talked about my. Uh, Going down, I try to hit Sevierville, and the Bucky's there. And coming back, it's this one. So I made it uh, after a raucous watch party at the lake with Phil and his wife, and my friend Kevin, and my friend Jamie, who amazingly got engaged at the freaking watch party on the lake. <laughs> anyway, Phil was there. I don't think Phil Congrats. can believe it. Jamie! Though he's our boy, it's the other Jamie, not this one, obviously. But uh, did
1: not have that on my bingo card this weekend. But did not
3: think that was coming at all. But uh, so we had an engagement. We had a great time. But uh, so made it back. Nice little drive up here yesterday, and then I'm heading back. Obviously, won't be on the third hour of the show today. But uh, we'll uh, we'll be committed to the three hour format going forward. But because uh, I've got, I got a late checkout here at the Comfort Suites, they won't let you stay till one. They'll cut the internet off on you. So, uh, <laughs> Jeez. Anyway, I got a hard deadline, you know. Man, uh, just a terribly disappointing defeat uh, for the Gamecocks. Beamer's right. They had their opportunities, and we're starting to see some very disturbing patterns develop on both sides of the ball. Uh, seems like teams kind of adjust to the offense and then. That's it. You know, I just saw Jan in the mm-hmm. chat box mention the, the the middle of the field not attacking yet. I don't know why. Uh a lot of those plays are Spencer's decision uh to go. Um, you know, like that big long run, Mario Anderson has a I believe he's an RPO. So he made the right read there. But I I, I don't know. I don't know what the deal is. I, I do know personnel wise, you know, with the injuries and stuff, they're they're struggling, but um they really need to uh They need to find some answers, and you were talking about the defense. You you knew what Tennessee was going to do. Joe Milton's not that accurate of a passer. Um, You know, I mean, so so here's what I don't understand. You load up to stop the run against Mississippi State, and you live with what Will Rogers, one of the most accurate passers in the league, can do to you down the field. Okay, that's 487 yards. Okay, Uh, but you load it up, and you, you held them 32 rushing yards. That didn't happen against Tennessee. You know, they're still they're out there playing coverage and stuff and, and I get it. They're dangerous vertically. And, and but but I, I think the the, the the fundamental problem is that they don't they don't do what they need to do to get off the field. Sometimes you gotta get off the field. Yeah. Sometimes you gotta gamble and say, all right, where they're we're not stopping them. So we gotta dial up some something to get off the field. A very good and I've said this before on the show, a very good defensive coordinator that coached at Carolina one time, uh, told me that. Uh, you know, hey, it, it, look. I'd be personnel wise, we didn't really stack up. Uh, teams would be driving, so I had to do what I had to do to get off the field, and it worked. But uh, you know, so, so I, I don't know what the answer is. We, we keep seeing this over and over with the run defense here. Uh, a lot of it has been masked through the years by by, by timely turnovers and mm-hmm. defensive touchdowns and stuff, which is fine. But at some point. You know, those things aren't going to break your way. And you have to, you know, you, you have to, you have to adjust and, and you have to, you have to try something different. And I don't know what they need to do. I'm, I know losing TJ Sanders was big. Yeah. But man, certainly. you, you got depth at that position. You got to overcome that. Um, you know, older players up there up front, uh, the defensive ends continue to get sucked in. Uh, linebacker play was, not as good, uh, and then the secondary, obviously, is, you know, uh, just okay. I mean, and it, 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 it's it's like it's one of those things, you know. And I think, uh, you know, somebody mentioned Mario Anderson getting more carries. Well, well Jonathan, uh, you know, he got ten of them. So you take away the seventy-five yarders, nine for twenty-five. He wasn't effective. Mm-hmm. You know, I, if anything, I think they should have thrown it more and attacked more down the field on Saturday night, you know, and I understand trying to get balance, but against that bunch, if they're moving it against you like that, you you don't you, you gotta throw that out the window. You got to go say, well we got to score points. And that, that's the big problem I have on offense right now. They're not scoring points. Now they've played three very good teams. I mean trust me these are three top twenty five football teams, all of them away from Williams Bryce. But man oh man, you look at what's ahead of you, you, you have to get better or you won't beat Florida. You'll have to get better. You have no chance against Missouri and A and M on the road. So, that's right. uh, that's the issue there. I'm um, just like uh, yeah, this road schedule's been brutal. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, and it was going to be a brutal schedule. That's why that North Carolina game was critical. You can't do anything about it right now. Uh, the only thing they can do is get better. The only thing the fan base can do uh, is you know stick by the team. Understand Beamer's two year track record here is usually we're always sitting in this position, and then collectively talking about it, cheering for it, doing what a coaching, playing and things turn on a dime. So, uh, you know, and, and if we look back years from now and he's got a sustainable championship level program, we'll all sit there and talk about, Hey, you remember those early teams that just were like, they just come out of nowhere and stuff. And, and we'll, we'll kind of get a good chuckle. But right now, I mean, the start of this season is painful. It's painful. Everything from the injuries to the bad things that have happened in the games to poor play uh, to questions on defense, you know, trying not being able to get off the field. I mean, it's just – it's not been a good start. It was going to be a tough September as it was. South Carolina had to play. We talked about this all summer. Had to play very well to, to get out of September decent. Uh, thank God they beat Mississippi State, you know, because it could the wheels could have really come off. So, um, you know, that, that's the thing there. So anyway, that's my take on that, uh, my long and short of it. I, I, uh, I hate it because we got an open week, so you got two weeks of negativity, uh, which is to be expected. Uh, but certainly, you know, going down by 21 up there uh, when you had your opportunities is hard to swallow.
0: Yeah, there's no question about that. It was um, it was a tough night, and it was a night that I thought they actually would go up there and play well and win the game. We'll step aside for a our first timeout until two o'clock today and every day moving forward inside the game cracks of the show. We'll give you more, not less. Hang tight. We are powered by Electric Bikes of Charleston. Electric John Whittle and Pat DeMarco still ahead in our programming as well. We'll be right back.
4: Down here in the South, we don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs or what to mix with our Dixie Vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a Southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in Southern soil, are crafted by Southern hands, and proudly represent the South in our backyard and beyond to raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the South.
0: Welcome home. That's what the Gamecocks say. And so does the Barn Dough Company. Where they can build your dream home starting as low as one hundred sixty dollars per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average and can be custom designed by size and details. Make your dream a reality. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. Thebarndominiumco.com. the BarnDominiumCo.com. That's the BarnDominiumCo.com. The Barn Dough Company, Gamecock owned and operated.
2: Hey everybody, this is Mo Koppel from Carolina Football. The show is painted garden black every day by a couple of painters. Go to LetMePaintSomething.com to check them out. Go
0: Cox. 10% off for military repeat customers or mention the show. Interior, exterior painting, fencing, cabinet staining, concrete painting, popcorn ceiling removal, and more. 803-522-6832. LetMePaintSomething.com.
3: Welcome to TravelingCountryClub.com, your modern golf club experience. Hey folks, this is Michael Maness, former Gamecock golfer, inviting you to play more golf with a membership to TravelingCountryClub.com. With over 40 courses across the Carolinas, our membership provides you with an affordable way to enjoy a club-like golf experience. From the mountains to the coast, we offer golf courses that will challenge all types of golfers, no matter your handicap level or level of play. Plus, we offer unique membership benefits not seen anywhere else as part of Traveling Country Club. Tee it up with Traveling Country Club, TravelingCountryClub.com, TravelingCountryClub.com, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show.
0: It's eleven thirty. Welcome back inside the Game Cox, the show built by the Barn Co, the Barn Co. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, you can build your dream home. Forty to forty one to twenty the final score in Knoxville this weekend. We'll continue to look at that. Just two of fifteen JC on third downs. I mentioned this earlier uh, at the uh, top of the program, and I I was on 107.5 this morning and kind of mentioned it with them too. I, I um, again, I'm, I, I try to be very – I don't know. <laughs> I'm not the OC. I'm not in the locker room. I do, don't go to practice. I'm just a dude with a mic, you know, so don't know the answers. Um, but, but certainly, you know, it's very fair to have the conversations and to, you know, question the things that you think – maybe need to be questioned. Um, So what I'm getting at here is I was a little – I didn't understand what the game plan was on Saturday night, what they've been working on in practice, maybe something that they saw that they feel like they needed to force something or whatever, and I'm just going to give one example. I, I am a big Juju McDowell fan, big fan personally and professionally um, really really loved uh, meeting him loved watching him play love watching him play. Um, I, I don't know he doesn't get a carry for three weeks and then he gets the ball in third and one <laughs> you know so I, I'm not I'm not saying he doesn't deserve the ball. that's not what I'm saying. And I know what Shane said. He was asked about this, and Coach Beamer said, "You know, we were in a we were in a a tempo offense at that point in time. We wanted to get back. He had been in there on the previous play, and they wanted to get back to the line of scrimmage, call the play, and and they didn't want Tennessee to have an opportunity to sub out. So I, I get it. I understand that. I, I'm just trying to figure out though, how do you go from not getting a carry in three games?" to all of a sudden getting some of the most important carries in the game. And why why is that more valuable than you know, why in in that moment is tempo more valuable than personnel? Like I, I don't you know and and something you said earlier, JC, and you're not wrong. I said the same thing this morning with, with Bill and those guys. The running game was non existent except for a seventy five yard run. However, Mario Anderson, that's the ability he has it wasn't a 75-yard. a 75-yard touchdown run. It was a huge play that he took to the house. So, like, you have the opportunity for things like that to happen when your best players are in the game, especially getting one yard. And, and you know, so I don't mean that disrespectfully to Juju McDowell. I'd like to see him play more in the best role possible. But that, that's just one of the, the – for the first time, I really was like, I, I just don't know why – some of these things are happening. I'm not sure what what's going on here. It's personnel use. You
3: know, it's like Spurs said. It's not Juju's fault. They're fault for putting them in there. I mean, why? And look, I, I'm not. I think if I had a, a, an overwhelming criticism, it's that some of the some of the decisions that are made coaching wise have put the players in a. You know, coaches always say. We need to put our players in the best position they possibly can to win. I think on both sides of the ball, at times, that hasn't happened. Now, is that a scheme thing to where, like on defense, when you get D.Q. Smith lined up against Griffith from Mississippi State or Stone Blanton against Brock Bowers? Is that just a, all right, we're going to try to sneak this pressure in and Stone, you got Brock, so pray. Pray we get home. We pray we get home. Is that taking a chance, or is that, is that some kind of breakdown where you're not really thinking it through and going, eh, we better not do that? Or is the defense designed to leave a guy like that on an island? You know, the running back rotation, I, I, it was interesting. that Juju was in the game after, you know, not getting a carry. It looks like the carry-ons carries went down. Uh, Mario, 10 carries, you know. I mean, like, like – he can Mario Anderson is is probably a good second back in the SEC, right? Uh, but he's all Carolina's got right now, and I think you know if you're going to run the football, run it more. You know he needs to get the lion's share of the carries. I don't mind using to carry on down close, just like I said last week. But he's got to get the lion's share of the carries. Uh, I also think one thing you have to realize too, you have to admit who you are you're not going to be able to, you're, you're, this team is probably not going to be able to be achieve the balance that Shane Beamer wants out of his offense. Okay. The head coach, the head coach dictates, he's not calling plays, right? He's not, he's in the meetings for the game plan or whatever, but he kind of sets the parameters. And and I know that he wants to be able to run the football and be balanced. Everybody does. This team's not going to be able to be that. They're going to have to be pass happy, run it when they can and, and, and not, you know, not go, oh, okay, well, Mario ran for 88 yards against Mississippi State, so we've arrived in the run game because that's not going to happen with the situation they have on the offensive line. Now, people can talk about offensive line coaching, whatever. I, I, I'm not. Look, they, they got two true freshmen starting. Uh, Nick and Vershawn are playing really well. There are serious issues at right tackle. Uh, I know I said maybe Tyshawn Wanamaker. Since he's played it before is the answer. They've tried him the last two weeks. Maybe time to go back to Fugar. I don't know. Sure would be nice if Kaysen Henry was healthy, but he's not. Uh, or even Marquis Anderson. You so see, you can slide Gargiulo out to right tackle. But there's nobody behind Nick, so there's not really anybody to go in there and play. Uh, so you can't make that move. And and, and so I, uh, you know, I get it. You know, I I but I, I don't think. I think Travian Robertson and Lonnie Teasley need to get a pass this year. I think Travian's gotten some players better. But if Taka Hemingway and Boogie Huntley, you know, can't elevate their play or they play well one week and bad the next, you know, you got to hopefully you can try somebody else. Problem is, you don't have anybody else really ready. Right. Nick Barrett, I think Shane Beamer said he's playing on a, a, a broken foot or a, an injured foot. And he's got to go out there and play so many snaps with with TJ out. So, you know, they need Sanders back. Um, I also think – I think that, uh, you know, Juice Wells, if he can get back even where he's playing half snaps and and he can do what he did against Georgia in a limited role, that's going to help this team. Because I don't think that the receiving core with Omari and Brown – and you saw Mario do some good things the other night. You know, I think Omega Blake's very inconsistent right now. I think he's been pretty good at home, uh, was pretty good at Georgia. And then the other night, who knows? You know, yeah. uh, Jan mentioned or, or Kevin mentioned he wasn't running routes well, and he wasn't. It was bad. Um, you know, uh, Nick Harbor's not ready, folks. <laughs> he's not ready to go in there and, and be a receiver in this league. He's It is a – that's – Football-wise, he has got to get there as a football player, not just an athlete, because when he's not ready, he's not the fastest guy on the field. He's slow because he's thinking too much. We, we, y'all should know that from watching the offense the last two years. And, yes, I will still take this offense over what was here the last two years in, in a heartbeat um, because, you know, it, it's not a situation where guys don't know what to do, which is very frustrating. It's a situation where they do, They're just getting they're getting beat. And so so that's the thing right there. So where do you go? So Tyshawn Russell probably does need to play more. You know, Elijah Caldwell, everybody's asking about him, was told flat out today he's just not ready to go play. I mean, you know, you can't just stick a guy in there if he's not ready because then he makes mistakes. He runs the wrong route. He's moving slow. The, the He fumbles the ball, you know, that kind of thing. And so you, you got to just be, you know, you, you got to kind of be patient with some of these freshmen. You know, at the same time, I I, I think what definitely what need to do. Where's, why can't Josh Simon go in there and and play some snaps as in a double tight end set? That's my question. You know, this is not supposed to be an offense that's restrictive like most. You know, a lot of NFL offenses are. Uh, So I'd run some double tights. Get Simon involved. He's good enough. It's just Trey Knox is playing a little better, and Trey had a good game the other night. Uh, you know, so you, you've got to find some more answers and more weapons for Spencer. Do you, do you, you know, do you, I, I don't know. So, uh, that's my thing. I mean, it's just like, you know, you, it's, it's a tough situation roster wise. It's been a disaster at running back recruiting and otherwise. And we've documented that there's nothing you can do. Um, and some of these receivers, you know, they, that Landon Sam, Well, he's not good enough to go play period. So maybe that was a miss in recruiting. Maybe everybody else in Texas was right about him. Um, you know, but I don't care if you have to put Peyton Mangrum out there, who's always solid, you know, you got to go do it. I mean, you know, and, and 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 that has to happen moving forward, you know, so you got to do, uh, do what you got to do. He says package of plays for guys like Harbor. Well, how? It's not that he's it's not that he can't learn, it's not learning the playbook. It's learning how to play football fast. So it's a disaster if you put him out there and you run a play for him and he can't do it because you know he's not running four four because he's thinking too much. You guys, you have to understand this is young, these are young players. You know, people here are five star, and they're like, Oh my god, he should be playing. Well, it's a five star guy that didn't get here until August. That's uh, was injured two weeks out of the preseason. That's learning a new position to play at the highest level of power five football against guys like Lassiter from Georgia, you know, and I hate to say it, come on. I mean, who, who was, who was just so sick when, when that dude had a pick six. <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, he taught all that junk last year. I mean, man, I mean, that was just awful. So, you know, and, and, and this, all right. So let me say this and money thing. Why? Guys, you got, that's a Carver's nil money could have gone a long way. No, it couldn't have. You know, no, it couldn't have. That, that that's that. I've heard that from so many people. I heard somebody say Xavier LeDiget doesn't deserve any nil money because you know why do that? Because he's a senior and he's out of eligibility anyway. Do you want to ever recruit anybody again at this university? I mean, the nil situation sucks as bad enough as it is because half the fan base do not believe in it or whatever. So, so do you want to take, you know, what little success you've had and throw it away? Like, like, like we're not budgeting it right. Get out of here with that. Get out of here with that. There's just not enough to go around, you know, don't, don't bring that to me. That, oh, the NIL, we, why do we spend that? We can spend that. Come on, man. And I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not getting after you. I, I mean, personally here, I mean, I understand I've heard it from a lot of people and it's, as we learn more about NIL, we all do, you know, we'll stop thinking that way, but that's, 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 that's insane. You know, I mean, I didn't say Nick Harbor's never going to be good. He just hasn't been good enough five games into his freshman year after practicing college football for one week. (laughs) So I'm just, I'm just like, you know, you got to get better. I mean, you know, you just got to get better. And look, I understand people are frustrated, but you got to get, you, you got to go get better. And Jan mentions the wide receivers aren't getting better. Well, I, I think Omega Blake's gotten better, Jan. I think Josh Van and Jalen Brooks got a lot better under step. Now, could, could, you, could you argue about maybe, you know, he needs to sign better players that are ready to go at that position? Maybe. I'm not saying he's above criticism. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, just just chill out I mean there's there's a lot to criticize without focusing on Nick Harbour and his Nil money and you know that situation, which which is which you know is honest to God if, if there's criticism to go around about that's part of it, it's not on anything Nick Harbor got or Xavier Leggett gets, I can assure you of that. 1144,
0: it is October. The weather is beautiful, by the way. Beautiful outside. We will get a week off before we get to enjoy that back in Williamsburg Stadium. We should have a kick time for that ball game coming up in about an hour. We do have Pat DeMarco coming up at noon. John Whittle, we're going to move to 120 today. He'll be in at 120 uh, in the final hour of our program. And
3: one more thing, Jonathan, no, he wouldn't. He wouldn't even see the field for FSU right now, as stacked as they are. Nick Harbor would not be on the field, Hurry, he'd be on special teams. Boatload of talent at Florida State. They might win the national
0: championship.
3: Bunch of blue They seem to be able to make guys produce. Which true freshmen do they have out there that are balling? I know there's probably one or two. But which true freshman? Because South Carolina's got a true, got three true freshmen that are killing it right now. Mm-hmm. So, which true freshman? Ken actually, Coleman's a transfer portal guy.
0: I was about to say, Florida State actually is winning because of what they did in the transfer portal. Uh, that's yeah. – that's been kind of the key to their their uh, their magic thus far. All right, let's uh, step aside. We will uh, take a look at the new top 25 and a quick drive around the rest of the league. It's It was a prove-it Saturday this past weekend. Got another one coming up this weekend. If you want to be a player in the league, there's a couple of teams with major opportunities. We'll make sure we mention that and plenty, of course, left on Gamecock football over the next couple of hours. Hang tight. Inside the Gamecocks, the show from the Cinerama Studios. We'll be right back. Columbia and go Gamecocks.
5: Charleston fitness equipment is keeping South Carolina in shape.
6: And when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight out the bucket. Mm. And the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's Porch. It's award-winning. It'll melt in your mouth. It's good on a cracker. It's good in a bowl. It's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget, Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award-winning as well. And they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online, nanasporch.com. It's mm-mm good. Coach O signing off. Endless of summer, go tiger.
7: For chicken cock, we get a medium to medium plus toast, the char level. We use a number three level char. If you char too deep, you start burning away some of those flavor components that you just created. If you just char a barrel and you don't toast it,
5: Ladies and gentlemen, here it is.
2: It's now time to take a drive around the SEC.
6: Sponsored by Love Chevrolet. No hassles, no all-day runarounds, no ridiculous add-on stickers. At Love Chevy, buying a car is fun. South Carolina's number one volume Chevy dealer. I-26 at Harbison and at lovechevy.com. Find new roads.
0: 11... 48, uh, final segment here in hour one. J.C. will depart in about uh, 10 minutes or so for uh, to hit the road. But uh, Phil and Pat DeMarco and myself and in just a little while, the great John Whittle, we will get you home. Uh, J.C., a, a really interesting weekend. Uh, I thought that uh, Georgia and Auburn would be close. It was, um, and um, the dogs survive. And now they've got the Wildcats coming up this weekend. We'll get into that here in just a little bit. But um, by the way, I was ten and three in my picks again last week, so I'm just continuing to steamroll everybody on this program.
3: I'm gonna um, tell everybody: do not listen to me on anything until I get better. It's been a bad year. No, seriously, don't listen to me. Don't listen to me. If you if you have a, if you're in a state where gambling's legal and you have an app. And you play the game, don't listen to me. Uh-huh. Don't. Don't run away. If I if Anything I say, do the opposite. Hell, you'll, you'll come out with better money. Yeah. Uh, yeah. By the way, i got to apologize to everybody real quick, and we'll go around the SEC. They're kicking me out of the hotel. <laughs> so the comfort suites in Richmond, Kentucky, because uh, I checked in last night. I was like, need a late checkout, 1 p.m. I'm still in the Eastern time zone, 1 p.m. Uh, you know, and he's like, oh, All right man, that's good man. And he talked to me about Bucky's and he's like, Man, that Bucky's of something else. And I'm like, Yeah, he's like, oh yeah, good boy, Let's give him a thing, man. Like, yeah. So I thought it was all cool. And this witch just knocked on my door earlier and was like, I don't have any record of you staying here late, so you're just gonna have to leave. So um Yeah. Sorry, I, I won't be staying here again. <laughs> Yeah, neither will anybody else uh wow yeah
0: that's good luck to them uh <laughs> oh, LSU falls 49 to uh, 55 to 49 to old Miss and there there you go good win for Lane kiff and LSU better be careful they got the trip to Missouri coming up this weekend Tigers are undefeated after their 38-21 victory over Vandy they are five and oh so is Kentucky, and they opened up a can on Florida early in that game and did not look back uh, throughout the afternoon. So um, it kind of rolls itself over, J.C. We mentioned it last weekend. You know, you again, separation Saturday gets used a lot. Maybe that's fair. But um, I still it, – it's still kind of prove-it mode for me because – Kentucky is at Georgia Saturday night. That's a that's a tough, tall task, and we know it is. But you've got to play the game. You've got an opportunity. Uh, probably looking at somewhat of a rock fight there. Both teams want to ground and pound and play defense. Um, so you got that one coming up this weekend. You got LSU, who's at two and one in the league now, uh, at Missouri, who's trying to get to six and zero oh, and two and zero oh in the SEC. And then you got Texas A&M and Alabama, guys. Look at the top of the West. Uh-oh. Yeah, there they Alabama. are. Bama and Alabama. Uh, Bama and A&M. And guess who's playing this weekend? 3.30, Alabama hosting Texas A&M. So, it's kind of the survive in advance. Prove it. Let's see who's ma- – who, show me what you're made of. And um, Missouri, Kentucky, and Texas A&M are the three programs that have that opportunity.
3: I think so. I mean, you got LSU licking their wounds, but essentially LSU's out of the playoff hunt. So, yeah, they're done. Now, they're still in it for the division. Um, A&M's still in it for the division. Alabama's still in it for the division. but uh, how is LSU going to respond? They lost last time they played at Missouri it was during the pandemic year. And Missouri's a good football team. you know, they have their warts. They have some games that have been closer than I think they would have hoped. But they've won every one of them, and uh, that gives the team confidence, you know, and and it's going to be a big game up there in Como. Uh, A&M-Bama, obviously this series is, you know, the Bear Bryant old school. I mean, there's a lot of connections between the Gene Stallings, a lot of connections between the Aggies and Tide, and then Johnny Football coming in and winning that first year kind of set this in motion. Uh, It's in College Station, you know, it's not going to be easy. So – and uh, it was close last year, as bad as A&M was. So I and I, I think A&M just just look, they look like a different team to me, guys, than than the one that lost at Miami. I don't know what was up with their defense that day, but they look like they've gotten better on D. Uh, Max Johnson, to me, is more consistent than Connor Weidman, hmm. um, and he's a, he's a blessing to have the quarterback back there uh, after your starter gets hurt. So. Uh, It's going to be an interesting ballgame Saturday. I mean, if if A&M can win it, that kind of gives them the inside track to the division, guys. They're going to have to go to LSU at the end of the year. But LSU's sitting at one conference loss. So, um, could we have Aggies, Tigers on the bayou for the division later? I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Let me ask you this, guys. Who do y'all think
0: has a better resume between Kentucky and Missouri? I'll read the results. Kentucky 5-0. 2-0 2-0 in the league, their non-conference victories over Ball State, Eastern Kentucky, and Akron, not, not necessarily a murderer's row. And then they had to go on the road and win in Nashville, which they did over Vandy. And then, of course, they throttled the 22nd-ranked or formerly 22nd-ranked Gators this weekend to get them to 5-0. Missouri uh, defeated South Dakota and Middle Tennessee State, who, by the way, is having a not good year. Um, and then they also took down fifteenth ranked Kansas State, thirty to twenty seven, and beat Memphis by a touchdown last week. And then this week they also
3: went to Vanderbilt. Which resumes better, Missouri's? Because Missouri, yeah, <laughs> the little guys they played. I mean, Middle Tennessee and Memphis, are like Akron. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, or, or Eastern Kentucky. Uh, I'm about ten miles from the Eastern Kentucky campus, by the way. Uh, go, Colonels. Uh, you know, yeah. I mean, you know, the little guys they beat, I mean, and it was closer than it should have been against both those teams. They're better. Kansas State's a good out of conference team. Beating them is not easy. Um, and then they both played Vandy. So I'll say this, though. It wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if LSU beats the snot out of Missouri next week and Georgia gets all they want out of Kentucky. Uh, and I say that. Because Kentucky's kids, the last two years, it was a thirty to thirteen game. Arguably, Kentucky played Georgia as good as anybody two years ago, and then last year in the freezing cold in Lexington, and and I think this was the same day Carolina played Tennessee, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Nobody really talked about it. It was sixteen to six Georgia. Like so, so, so Missouri competed with Georgia, and that was kind of the oh crap, almost loss. But sixteen to six with that juggernaut of a of an offense Georgia had last year, and then Kentucky wasn't very good offensively. But you know that had to kind of that had to give those kids for Kentucky and those coaches some confidence. So
8: uh,
3: I don't if I'm Georgia, I'm kind of sweating it a little bit. I'm kind of sweating it.
0: But look, they're they're uh, two programs that really kind of mirror each other in the style of football that they that they're wanting to play. JC, you've said for a few weeks, um, I actually quoted you this morning, uh, that uh, this Georgia team maybe maybe is a little bit more like Mark Ricks, Georgia Bulldogs, than what Kirby Smart has brought to the table over the last few years. Um, but um, that's also kind of a little bit of what Kentucky's turned into, you know, wanting to uh, play good defense and run the football and, and um, score – you know, be able to throw it off of the run game, and and that's that's largely what they've done. I think that, I think if if Kentucky and Missouri played today, I for whatever reason I like Kentucky in the game, but I think Missouri has a better resume.
3: Yeah, no, I, I, I'm with you there. Uh, I also think this about Georgia. I think it's a really elite, talented football team but I'll say this and I said it on JC and Morgan stop with the next alabama thing in our lifetimes there's not been a situation like like what we've seen the last 14 15 years in alabama okay no all those nebraska teams were great miami looked like they were never going away florida state was good eventually all of them dipped southern cal yeah uh in the mid 2000s i mean you name it Texas, Oklahoma was very, you know, all the, there's no, there's not been a, you know, it's a blue blood sport. Don't get me wrong. The same 10, 15 teams have the chance to win it. But we've never seen anything like what Alabama did. And they didn't win it every year. That's how tough this sport is. But, you know, there's not a next Alabama. Uh, You know, Georgia is really good, but you know what? They're really young in some positions, very talented, but young. And they were that way two years ago and then they built it back and you saw what happened. Yeah. But they're going to be periods where they're just not quite, you know, they're not Alabama, you know, and, and, and that was so hard. What Alabama did people people understand that that's just, that's unprecedented. We'll never see anything like that again in our lifetimes. Um, so I think that's what Georgia's kind of going through and yeah, Georgia could lose one or two games this year. You know, I mean, it's, uh, it's just one of those things and it's not anybody's fault. It's not Mike Bobo's fault or anybody else's fault. It's just, you know, they're they're talented but young at some spots. And it's hard to kind of just replicate it every single year in the sport.
0: Last couple of weeks, Alabama has looked much more like the Alabama that we know outscoring a pair of SEC opponents from the Magnolia State, Ole Miss and Mississippi State, 64 to 27. Now, of course, they've got the trip to College Station coming up on Saturday. And Bama is saying, hey, we we might just need to reprove it. We're still Alabama around here. And we'll see certainly what that uh, what that looks like. Hour one is in the books. <laughs> JC's going to be on the road home. We can Thank handle it. Pat, Pat DeMarco is coming up next. John
3: Whittle will follow him. And we're here until 2 o'clock today. Nah. I forgot we had Pat today. I feel a little bit better about missing the second now because I don't ever talk during that segment. I just listen and absorb the knowledge. Well, it's the knowledge I seek. That'll be good listening for your road home. Yeah, on the Chief app. I got it. I got it ready to roll. That's right. All right, guys. Hey, I wasn't trying to get upset today. I, I got told I was getting kicked out right about the time the NIL question hit me, so I apologize <laughs> if I got a little freisty there, but- <laughs> A bunch of hit me at one time, you know. You're out, then I I have a couple. Anyway, love you guys, and we'll get through this together. Right?
0: Yeah, we can do it. (laughs) You can do it. You can do it.
2: We'll,
0: We'll be right back. Hey folks, it's JB, and as we all know, it's football season. My favorite place to shop for myself and the family is Gamecock Traditions in Lexington. They have the widest selection of Gamecock's attire, plus all the cool accessories for tailgating, cooking, kids, shoes, hats, and so much more. Most importantly for me, you can order online at GamecockTraditions.com, and it's shipped timely to your door. I've been shopping here for years, and I hope you will too. Order online right now on the Chief Sports app. Go Game
6: If you're on Medicare currently or approaching eligibility, it's time to enroll in a Medicare plan that meets your needs. Palmetto Medicare is here to help you through the process. Palmetto Medicare's owner, Brian Spencer, and his team of experts are here to assist you. Learn about the benefits and enroll in a plan that will cover as many of your medical costs as possible. Some of the advantages of Medicare health plans may include a variety of plan choices, increased benefits, lower premiums, and more. Give Palmetto Medicare a call to discuss your insurance and help get the exact coverage for your needs today.
0: Nana's Porch, nanasporch.com. At Nana's Porch, they cater weddings, parties, and all kinds of special events. Their meals are served buffet style in seconds. They're encouraged. Plus, they can bring their mobile food unit to bring on-site and serve your guests as a unique alternative for your catering needs. Inquire about rentals as well. NanasPorch.com. Find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 336-259-7550.
9: South Carolinians, this message is for you, as well as for people in Georgia, Florida, and Tennessee. GA.com. schedule a no hassle free inspection today wind damage hail damage or just wear and tear don't settle for second best let jeremy johnson and elite roofing and restoration take care of it all for you today
2: it's time for talking ball with pat demarco on inside the gamecocks the show
9: part of the chief sports network Oh, oh,
0: All right, it's 12.05. Welcome back inside the Gamecocks, the show from the Cinerama Studios. And, of course, we are also very proud to be partnered with Gamecock Traditions in Columbia. I guarantee you Pat DeMarco shops there. We all do. GamecockTraditions.com. If you don't live in the Columbia area and you need something shipped right to your doorstep, they're the ones to do it. They have anything and everything that comes with a Carolina logo on it. GamecockTraditions.com. Pat, tough night on Rocky Top. You've played up there multiple times. You know what it's like. They were fired up and ready to go, uh, and uh, they doubled up on the Gamecocks, 41 to 20, sending Carolina into the off week at uh, two and three. Glad to have you here in our talking ball segment, man. How you been?
2: Yeah, I've been good. Uh, you know, I had the I had a boys' weekend this weekend. It was me, uh, Weston, and Wade holding it down at the Demarco household. My wife went up to Boston with with the two girls, so. Uh, backyard a ton um so over, overall good weekend i'm uh i got one win out of the bills uh unfortunately the game cocks fell a short but um you know i think there's gonna be a lot to grow from and a lot to learn from in this game um you know we, we've we've been riding the high um playing good football you know spencer's been unstoppable the first uh four games of the season so far and you know you also you you always wonder, man. Can he can he play lights out like this twelve weeks in a row? And I, he even played pretty good football. You know, he had had the one interception, the one big mistake. But um, you know, we need to kind of surround him with more weapons and provide him more opportunities. Uh, Xavier Leggett was kind of neutralized and uh, and wasn't able to had the explosive plays he's had in the past. So um, we need some other guys to step up and make plays.
0: Yep. There's no doubt. Um, you know, it was uh, – Pat, I, I felt like a lot of the questions that they had kind of answered maybe over the last couple of weeks or at least w- felt like they were getting answers to them uh, maybe maybe took a little bit of a, a step back here and there. Um, again, the point of this conversation is not to have you questioning the coaching staff. Uh, that's, that's, that's not it here. We're just talking ball and, and finding out what we're seeing. 2 of 15 were the gamecocks on third down. 2 of 15 mm-hmm. Pat and um that was um that that can't happen ever and definitely not on the road. And a lot of those were short yardage downs as well. Uh what did you what I, we don't, we're not we don't have any tape today unfortunately, yeah. but what did you see in a lot of those situations?
2: I mean, I, I can honestly say just based on last year alone, Spencer was a lot better on third and seven plus than he was third and short and manageable. Um, which I think th- he's just a good football player and good at abbreviating making plays with his feet. Um, and I do think a lot of those third and short and third and manageables, uh, you know, if you can't, you know, when you get stopped running the ball third and one twice, um, and I think we got stopped in fourth and fourth and inches or one. Once as well, too. I like, get that's tough sledding. Um, you know, when it's nut cutting time and it's time to pick up one yard, you know, you pack the box with our big boys, they pack the box with their big boys, and, and you just have to go get that yard. Um, so that was discouraging not being able to pick those up. Um, but I, I, Spencer just I think plays better football when he can abbreviate and it's not as structured. Boo, boo, boo. You have to go here. Hey, it's one to two. Like, I think he's a lot better um, in those third and, you know, medium situations. Um, so I think they need to find a better way to kind of hyper-focus him in those situations and, you know, just make it be strictly man's own. Uh, and I'm sure that they are, but I think they need to be maybe coached up a little, a little more from that sense where he knows where to go. If it's man, like based on coverage, man, you know, they're bringing the house they're, um you just got to find out a way to get the ball out quick and get it to the right spot and i know we were tackled i think on two of those third downs just a yard short um yep so it you know things just didn't go our way um and they're not going to go your way every week um but this is a bye week right so i know from every bye week i've been a part of if you come off a loss the coaches are going to kick your ass that week before before you get time off. So I would imagine they're in there working really hard and, and getting better in every instance, um, you know, because next week's a big one against Florida, right? They're going to come in here after having a little sour taste in their mouth, losing to uh, getting the bus kicked by Kentucky. Um, and that Florida team, they're, you know, they've kind of been known for being front runners. When when things are good, things are great. When things aren't good, yeah, they kind of shut it down a little bit. So. Um, you know, we got a week to get better, and, and I know that'll be the main focus of Coach Beamer's. This week's about us and us getting better, competing against each other, and and you know, one versus ones. Like we're 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 going at it this week, and then next week we'll get back to the game plan and stuff. But right now we're focused on us. Um, so I could I I, I could I basically hear it out in practice right now, like what what the vibe would be, and and it's it's all about central focus. Focuses on us getting better, right? We weren't able defense, we haven't been able to stop the run much this year. It's time to focus on that. It's, hey, Dal, you've been doing really good so far now, but we weren't that good in third and third down this past week. So let's have an answer for that. Hey, special teams, we haven't had the big explosive plays yet. Um, let's a- get answers for that. So uh, a lot of self-scout. Um, and, and I think that that's, that'll be the big hyper-focus this week for the coaching staff and and all the players in there is more self scout. How can I get better? Where 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 can I improve?
0: Yeah, self scouting that's become a uh, a term we've all gotten used to, especially when you get to these off weeks, Pat. And um, you know, so I I think I mean you're so you're really looking at every single thing, like you kind of just mentioned everything. You're you're, you're mm-hmm. looking at in game situations and scenarios. You're looking at players. You're looking at depth charts. You're looking at development. You're for coaches and the guys that put the uniform on, the whole nine yards. Um, uh, one of the things that um, that I think has actually come up in those type conversations over the last couple of years is something that Coach Beamer has kind of hung his hat on since he's been at Carolina, and that's really being aggressive. Uh, they, they, they like to be aggressive, and they like to push the narrative and, and keep doing whatever they can to, to try to get down the field and score. Clearly, it does not always work out. Um, yeah. but, but they feel like they do need to take some chances, uh, to, to make things happen around here. One of those chances was Saturday night at the end of the first half. And, um, and there's a lot of people going with well, it. You know, they, they should have just run the ball, run the clock out. And I certainly understand that thought, especially the way that it worked out. It's very easy yeah. to look back at it and say, shouldn't have done that. I, I didn't have a problem with the aggression at all. I, I, I think they need, you, you, you're in Knoxville, you're in Neyland, you, you got to. You got 55 seconds, you got a guy who can get you down the field in a hurry. The the only thing – I'm not asking you to question this at all. The only thing I I was wondering is maybe even push the envelope a little bit further down the field. They were third and 22. It was a tough spot to be in uh, and kind of throwing out in the flat out there. That's where dangerous things can happen. But overall, the decision to try to score before halftime, I I 100% agreed with it. Yeah,
2: I mean, that was just an overthrown ball, like, you know – nine times out of, out of ten Spencer makes a good throw there and we're not even having this conversation uh, unfortunately the 10 percent of the time actually happened um and that was 60 the other way but um you no know, you do have to be aggressive in that sense um you know you're playing you're playing a kneeling like you said we're playing against a team that defensively we weren't able to stop in the first half hardly at all um so you you kind of knew you needed points and you needed them fast. Um, And to go into halftime with, you know, a little momentum instead of being stagnant was was definitely kind of what he wanted. And I think, yeah, because Tennessee was getting the ball at halftime as well. All right. So, I mean, because I think we we might have talked about it before, but kind of double dipping before halftime. So getting points and then getting the ball back and getting points again was a big emphasis. Unfortunately, we allowed them to do that. Um, But. Yeah, I mean, w- w- with Pete Limbo and and Shane Beamer, that they, they like to they like to live on the edge a little bit when it comes to um, being aggressive, advantageous on fourth down, fakes and this and that. And I mean, just on sheer track record, like it's worked, um, it's worked a lot more than it hasn't worked. So, um, and, and you also got to think it's just of the program, like we're on the rise too. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't pull back on that at all I would I would encourage both of, them, of all of them everybody in that building to you know keep keep the keep the, get, uh, keep your foot on the pedal keep the gas going um because when you got a quarterback like Spencer and you have some of the weapons that we have on offense I like it, it just takes one play um to to get six or at least get you on the field goal range yep
0: and and it didn't work in that in that particular instance obviously there you know on the on the other side of the ball pat um this team has been there's a couple of things uh, under coach coach beamer's leadership the last couple of years we've certainly grown a, accustomed to seeing one is that the team generally gets better as the year goes along mm-hmm. clearly I mean, look what they did like why, why do you think tennessee wanted that one so bad on saturday night yeah. um and then um and so they they generally get better, and then on the defensive side of the football, that they have generally been fairly opportunistic. And mm-hmm. I think this is me personally. I think a lot of that, uh, a lot of the the uh, those opportunities that they have taken advantage of have have kind of masked at times some deficiencies, maybe some depth issues, whatever you might want to call them. Um, but but um, they they do give up a lot of yards on defense. Pat, uh, they did get two more turnovers those Saturday night. Given their offense a, a chance to kind of go do some things and couldn't get a lot out of that. But, um, but it, you know, on, on the defensive side of the ball from one week to the next, like the week before they shut down the best rushing team in the league, they sold out to do it. Will Rogers, you know, beat them up through the air pretty good. And then Saturday night, it just seemed to me like, uh, they, they
2: didn't want to let. I mean, let... it was explosive run after explosive run, especially in the first half and early, in early second half. Um, well, the defense played well towards the end of the game um, and we were able to kind of stop some of those runs and, and limit the explosive plays. But it was um, – yeah, I mean, it was – the running back was spitting on the backfield on, on on easy duo plays, on tight zone plays, on, you know, plays where they would bounce it and would lo- lose leverage. Um, it was – yeah, I mean, you got to limit that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and I know – some of the characteristics of winning football games was winning the explosive play battle, winning the turnover battle, running the ball, stopping the run, um, playing smart football. Um, I kind of went dominating the fourth quarter. Um, and one of the other ones we had when I was in Buffalo was um, winning the field position battle. And we we didn't, I mean, we we didn't do, I don't think any of those. I think we actually won the, the uh, play smart football battle. We had less penalties than them. You know, we actually had the ball longer than them. It's probably because they go so darn fast. But um, you know, w- w- with your DNA and your recipe to win football games, you have to go out there and you have to achieve over fifty percent of those. And we didn't this game, um, and that's why we came back to Columbia with a sour taste in our mouth. But you know, that like this is all week, right? A bunch, a bunch of stuff to learn from, a bunch of coaching points, um, and a full week to go out there and get better. Um, and this football team has a lot better football ahead of them. I know that. Yeah, tons of it, and and getting
0: healthy, man. I mean, mm-hmm. it's kind of this does feel like it's kind of come at the at the perfect time. If Juice Wells was on the field on the offense, I know these. You know, we're kind of all over the place here, but switching back to that side of the field,
4: yeah, what, what, the, is this, changes, oh, what that does what does it look like? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah I mean, how? Like, talk about that. Yeah, I mean, you you have X, who's kind of a, you know, not going to discredit any of the other players, but X is having a killer year. Um, Mm -hmm. And he was having a killer year without Juice out there, too. Um, But teams are going to start to learn how to limit him, just like I think Tennessee did. They have a guy on top, kind of mirror him, make sure somebody's always pestering him. But, you know, if you have a guy like Juice, you can't do that. If you have two X factors out there, I kind of equate this to having, like, you know, we had a we had Julio Jones and Roddy White in Atlanta. Like, which one do you want to stop? Good luck. Pick your poison. Um, so, you know, I, I think we definitely need another answer. I'd love to see a little Nick Harbour action out there. Um, I mean, that would be – if he were able to come out there and make some big plays for us offensively, I think that would uh, definitely intimidate a defense seeing a 6-5 Goliath out there running 4-2 past him and catching a deep ball. It's definitely going to make the safeties – Play a little deeper and make the corners be a little more reserved. Um, it might open up some holes. So yeah, I mean, I think if you have if you have juice out there, um, you got two guys that at any time can take over a football game uh, at receiver. And and, and with as smart as those two players are, you can move them around in different positions. They're not always going to be on opposite sides of the field. You can put them both in stack and make one guy run a short intermediate route. Another guy take the top off. Um, so. A different football game if you have, you know, juice quite arguably between Spencer and juice were the two going in the season. They were the two best offensive players we had on the team. Uh, and we lose one of those um, that hurts um, and, and huge credit to X for, for kind of answering the call and stepping up and making plays. Um, but defenses are going to find ways to neutralize him and uh, not let him take over again. Like he has the last few weeks.
0: Yeah, I mean, you feel like uh if if you can get him back out there, this is interesting too in the fact that you've got two true freshmen now starting on the offensive line. Mm-hmm. So Pat and Mario Anderson, although it was a struggle for him the large majority of the time the other night, that's why he's valuable because he is capable of busting the big one and he did. put he yeah. 75 yards to the house like hey, those those yardage that yardage counts too. Mm-hmm. Um but, all right, so you take all that, put that on the right side over here, and then we we, we take the left side, we talk about this offensive line and these two true freshmen that are out there playing. I feel like this is a really good uh, time for a break for them because it, it kind of lets that everything sink in, slow down, and get you some time to be able to walk back in there and, and, and get almost caught up. Like You know what I mean? Get your mind mm. caught up based on what your body's been doing the last few weeks.
2: No, I think that's a great point, point. Um, and I hadn't really thought about that. I mean, I just – I know for me, off week was a was a time to – one was to get better for the three, four, five days of practice you get, but then that weekend it was like time to get away, man. It was like football aside, I'm not watching football this weekend unless my opponent's playing just to get some extra free tape on them. But uh, I think this will be a good time for those young guys because, I mean, yeah, I think this is – they just played a three three weeks in a row, SEC opponents. Um, and, you know, those guys were thrown in the fire. Um, and, and they've answered the bell. They've played pretty darn good football. If you've asked me for for freshmen coming there playing left tackle and right guard, those are not easy positions and especially the caliber of talent they were playing against. Um, so, no, I mean, it's also a time for for Lonnie Teasley to, and Greg Atkins and, and all the coaches in there to be able to assess where their players are at where they need to really work on because you got to think the game planning and the structure and teaching and all this stuff that they do during the week. Like this allows them to kind of break, branch off, get a lot more individual time in out there on the practice field. So you're working on your actual craft and you're not thinking, man, I have to do this to execute on this play out there, you know, working with the scout team or working on the defense I would imagine they're probably getting at least 30 minutes of individual time uh, of work each day, and then I mean that usually when you have game plan stuff going on, that, that's usually cut in half. So uh, they're going to get a bunch of time to actually work on their skill set and getting better and, and 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 moving towards where we want to be later on in the season. Because I mean, you got to think we're not we're not even halfway done. And these, nope. these yep. you know these high school kids are used to playing ten game seasons. Um, this is at minimum twelve. Um, and I'm sure that 12 against the caliber of talent they're playing against feels like 100. <laughs> um, so I mean, you, you got to think these guys are when they were when they came from high school, they were the best players on the field at all times. So if they got beat once a game, I bet they were probably pretty discouraged. Um, and now it's not abnormal to get beat once a drive, uh, once a possession uh, at this level because the guy guy across from you is equally as good he's on the same, same scholarship you're on um, so it's a man of a man game and I really enjoyed uh, I'm not sure if you guys saw kind of Lonnie's um, Lonnie did one of those uh, Gamecock plus things and, and talked about kind of the connection and, and and how it has to you know it has to go from player to coach and then it has to be a player coach relationship all that stuff so I think Lonnie uh, and really the whole the whole staff in there will really assess their positions. Um, find out where they need to get better at, and then get that extra um, individual work in um, to get us where we need to get to.
0: Yeah, I, I would I would agree. So they're going to practice in, uh, through Wednesday, and then Shane's cutting them loose from Thursday to Saturday, and then they'll yeah. dial back in and start up that Florida pl- uh, prep on Sunday. But they do get to come home, Pat, and and, yeah. and and take on the Gators. And I still maintain this: look, it was a it was a tough night in Knoxville, but I still don't see a game that's not winnable on the schedule.
2: Um, you no, know, and even that game, you got to think it was a two score game in the middle of the third quarter. Like, it wasn't, it, yeah, it, it it felt like it was out of control, but it really wasn't out of control until, you know, towards the last seven or eight minutes of the fourth quarter. Yeah. Um, like, you know, it, it's any two possession game is, is one big play away from being a one possession game, and then it's a turnover away from being a tie game. So, um, like, I mean, that's, I even, you know, just having played a bunch of football and been out there on the field, like, shoot, I was up 23 in the Super Bowl, Uh, and we lost with seven minutes to go, six minutes to go in the third quarter. Um, so I, I, I am more on the other spectrum of like, Hey, we have to make sure we answer here. We have to make sure we have these things in place to make sure we don't blow this thing. Um, just because I've been scarred a little bit, if you can't tell, um, so it, um, you know, but Sorry, but any, any any game's attainable. I mean, I, I mean, you, you sit there and if if you spit a little bubble screen to AB and AB takes 80 yards to the house you're up to one possession game and knowing Limbo and and Coach Beamer, who's telling you this next play isn't a surprise onside kick? And then you got the ball and you're driving down to score the game up, go for two because they do that too and take a one point lead. So. Um, there's a lot of ways to look at it. Um, but I think, um, you know, I think this is a huge next three days of practice for them to go out there and get better, um, and really build a team because I mean, being two and three is no fun. Um, and you know, with the high expectations we had and I'm sure that they have in the building, um, they're probably a little pissed off as they should be. So they're going to come out, um, and hopefully work their tails off this week and not blink and know that this is just one game and there's still seven ahead of us, um, and, and and go and and work better just for this week and then next week worry about Florida.
0: Yeah, especially when you got a guy named Spencer Rattler as your quarterback. He didn't come back to South Carolina to not have a a, a good special year collectively as a group. Yeah. And they're certainly going to try to work there work to uh, get there. Um, Final thoughts, Pat, you know, here we're not halfway through the season, as you've already pointed out, but, um, but we are at the, uh, the bye week break. And that's the, again, the self-eval, you know, just what type of team do you think this, when you look at them, like, do they have a personality? How would you describe South Carolina football at this point in time with seven games remaining and five, by the way, five of those seven are inside of Williams Bryce stadium. And boy, is that a good sign Uh, because Carolina plays exceptionally well at home. Yep.
2: Um, I would say, I mean, the identity of the team, I guess, would be, um, you know, a a physical keep you on your toes type team. Um, I mean, we do a lot of – I think a lot of Dow's offense is based off the run um, and being able to spit it it out on the perimeter, and that's just, just an extension of the run game. Um, And then the RPO play pass keeper game stuff that we've seen us have some success with. So um, I I know we want to get downhill and we want to be a downhill team. And I think, you know, we are having a little bit more of an answer with Mario Anderson um, being able to pop off big runs and be able to, you know, fall forward for seven, eight yards on runs where there's not that much there. Um, And then I think, you know, defensively, I think we have to, you know, I don't know if we have an identity on defense right now, and I think that might be a little bit of the problem. I think we've we've experimented a little bit with some with a little more pressure and some run throughs, um, but I tell you what, when two leading tacklers are your two safeties week in and week out, um, that's telling you that up front we we, we need to not let the ball get to the second level. Um, so I don't know what. What the answer is, I mean, I, I, I was never I, – I played high school, played defense in high school. I kind of learned how to attack off our defenses by playing on offense, but, um, you know, their changes are a little different than, than we than we have on offense. So, hopefully – I don't know if it's kind of jumbling around and maybe moving, maybe getting Nicky and more in the box, um, getting around the line of scrimmage more. Um, I mean, Jalen Kilgore is playing at a high level. Uh, I think he's proven that he's pretty trustworthy. Yeah. Um and can play at a high level. DQ Smith back there too. Um I don't know. I, I, I feel like we gotta we gotta change change it up a little bit on defense. I know they've been they've been moving around more from just stunts and pressures and stuff like that, but um gap integrity is 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 basically what defense comes down to. And watching Tennessee's running backs spit through there and not get touched until 12, 15 yards down the field that's telling me that somebody's not holding their gap or somebody's not in the right gap. Um, or we're just getting our tails whipped up front. So, um, and I know just with the demeanor of Trayvon Robertson and 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 Sterling Lucas and Clayton White, like those guys aren't going to let that happen um, much more. So um, I, I think we need to find more of an identity on defense, uh, whether it be a downhill physical pressure team and kind of put, put pressure on you at all times, or if we just want to try to sit there and keep everything underneath us and tell us, you know, you, you can't drive the field. You're not get there. We're not going to give up too many explosive plays, and you're not going to be able to four yards, five yards, six yards us to death all the way down the field. you are got to make a mistake somewhere. Um, that was kind of our identity, at least when I played in Atlanta um, and in Buffalo, was more just keep everything in front of you and just bank on them making a, making a mistake, throwing an interception, putting the ball on the ground, or causing a negative play on first and second down and putting them behind the sticks and making them have to make a big play on third down.
0: They're going to need big plays in a couple of weeks uh, against Florida, and hopefully Carolina get back to 500. Then we'll let you run. On that note, Pat, good stuff. Tough weekend for Gamecock football, but they're five games in with seven to go, and yeah, the last couple of years I think have uh, let us uh, it allowed us to believe that things finish well sometimes, and
2: hopefully, they yeah, I mean, continue to turn that way. I can't wait to you know. What do they say? Um, Bring, bring them out to the deep waters, and, that, and the deep waters are, are williams Bryce Stadium, and it's a very uncomfortable place for, for other teams to come in and play. So um, I definitely think, yes, having five of the last seven at home is a huge advantage for us, um, mm-hmm. you know, but it's it's one game at a time, so it's going out and attacking Florida. Um, and then t- playing a darn good Missouri football team that, that's playing at a high level, Um no question. And then, you know, the last four being at home, so it's uh I think um, you know, good stuff's on the horizon.
0: Hey, you know, this this is not look, I'm not excusing anything. That's not what I'm doing at all. I I thought Carolina would be better than this right now. I thought they'd be I thought they it was very realistic they'd probably be at 3 and 2. That's that was my thinking. Um and um mm-hmm. but I knew it could be anywhere basically from 1 and 4 to probably 4 and 1. Uh, With with that said, when the dust settles and you look back, I I really am not – all things considered, I'd I'd have to go really peel through every schedule out there. I don't know that anybody has played a more difficult schedule than this. I I don't. Um, Is it the Tennessee from last year? No, but top 20 Tennessee on the road at night. Uh, You had to go to the number one team in the country. You had a neutral site to open the year against the top 20 team in North Carolina. Uh, I mean, Mississippi, I, Mississippi. I imagine
2: four of the, four of the five teams we played have been ranked in the top 25 at some point this year. Um, yeah. I mean, I, well, if Travis's I'm wrong with the third Michigan ranked state, team
0: in the country and in the FCS level. Yeah. I'm, I mean, not, I'm not saying so, you shouldn't beat I mean, them, you should, but they're quality FCS teams. My point.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's the bulk of our schedule is still in front of us. A lot of SEC games out of us, too. Um, and those are the ones that that that's where you're going to make your money. Uh, is, is, you know, beating the, beating the, beating Florida, beating Missouri, beating Vanderbilt. Um, you know, we're going, going to Texas A&M. Um, you know, they took, took care of us two years ago there in A&M, but last year we kind of returned the favor. So, um, and then obviously the last game uh, is circling on everybody's schedule. So go and get after those guys in the upstate. Looking forward to
0: it. As always, yeah. man, thank you very much. The great. Pat DeMarco. It's good seeing y'all. There you go.
2: Awesome. Well,
0: I'll see Pat next week when he's banging him up and down the field in the Letterman's golf tournament. <laughs> or field. <laughs> up and down the course. Up and down the course. Up and down the course. He's uh pretty pretty darn special out there. There's no doubt. Good stuff though. I mean, look, it, it brings uh it brings some reality to a lot of the situations. Also kind of affirms some of the things that we see. Uh, when you hear somebody like Pat who's able to give a good, honest opinion on some of the things that he sees. Um, But, uh, yeah, hey, look, they got to get better, and that's what they're hopefully going to be doing over the next couple of days and be ready to go next weekend for Florida. Uh, Let's uh, step aside. It is 1235. Still got John Whittle ahead. He'll be here at 120. Remember, this program goes until 2 p.m. now. So we're excited to hang with you into your early afternoon. We're built by the Barndo Co. and served by chicken cock whiskey you might have had too much on saturday night after what you saw in Nealon. so did i we'll be right back
4: down here in the south we don't always see eye to eye While our taste in college football teams or what sauce if any goes best on a rack of ribs or what to mix with our dixie vodka might be up for debate we can all agree there's nothing better than a southern tailgate and like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in southern soil, are crafted by southern hands, and proudly represent the south in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the south.
0: Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. Magnum, Volatric, Event and Bikes, and more, and they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle help you handle the southern heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available all ages and sizes. ElectricBikesCharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina
6: Not today, sweetie.
2: One heart's breaking while another one is mending. It's all in the ebb and flow. If I had to, I could go it alone. But because you've become my own. These windows could shut into the ground. These walls could fall right down.
3: Because
5: you've the
0: Phil. 1238 here on Inside oh, the yeah. Gamecocks of the Show. Make sure you've downloaded the Chiefs Sports app. to where you can find us, and that's where you can find JC and Morgan. That's where you can find Sports Talk, and soon you'll be able to find much more details coming soon. Yeah. Um, you can text us if you'd like. 803-766-6320. Of course, the Nanosports chat box is also open. Did get a A couple of texts just a little while ago, um, and I'll read those now. Would love to see three linebackers zone or Tampa two if feasible. This isn't the first game we were playing short of the sticks on third down. Um, Need to throw hot routes to Nick, I'm assuming, Harbor, uh, just to stretch the field. Doesn't matter if it's completed. It's showing what Olympic speed looks like. Otherwise, why put him out there? And... um, uh, also uh, on the subject of Nick Harbor throw him a go route does don't have to complete it but stretch the D um let's see here i think i'm yep there you go clayton white's future uh, the proof is in the pudding at this point to be honest i don't think he gets enough fingers pointed at him thanks guys so yeah I, hey look you know there's these are all so well here let me make, i'll make a couple quick points uh, phil um, and, uh, see, tell me what you think here again, JC was on, he is traveling, uh, he will be uh, back with us tomorrow. John Whittle is ahead on our program. Um, so the, the day and age that we're living in with, uh, information, I think contributes to how we think and how we view a lot of, a lot of what we're watching and how we speed up our expectations uh, based on what we see and hear. So what do I mean by that? Well, the, these recruitments of all these young men are getting uh, literally monitored from start to finish, covered head to toe 24 hours a day, uh, they they consume the lives of fan bases now, this isn't just a carolina conversation about one player or anything they consume the lives of fan bases on message boards twitter accounts instagram they see their videos they they i mean videos of them performing videos of them just getting on there and show show me some love you know all that type of stuff um and it helps to, in my mind, Phil, create these, these, uh, these false expectations. Not false entirely, like through the career of the, of the kid, but like false immediately. It is very rare, very rare, that you just step right in and you're a dude. It just doesn't happen. Um, it has happened. But it doesn't happen generally, you know, there and there are we also, you know, there are certain positions uh, where it's easier to step in and and things happen a little bit quicker. And so, you know, I I'm always like when I and and I'm not this is not by the way, I just read some of these, you know, text messages on the air. This isn't directed at at y'all. I totally understand what you're saying. It's nothing personal or anything like that. But like. I'm not sure that it's always just as easy as well. Just put the fast guy in there and let him run and just throwing the ball. Especially no. when you have other problems. Like so, think about this, Phil. This is where this is what I was getting to here. Like on the Harbor situation, and I get it. Hey, look, nobody would even be really saying anything about Nick Harbor if Carolina was four and one with a win at Rocky Top last night. They wouldn't say a word. Oh, he's just not ready. Okay, accept it, and move on. But everything gets examined, and all kinds of stuff gets said and thrown out there. When you're not winning, that's the nature of the beast in all sports. So I get it. It's going to come up, but like this, we have seen an imperfect offense, right? Phil there. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, not, you've they're,
0: seen, they're not good up front
2: execution
1: issues. I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously you're not blocking guys. You, you got, I mean, you might as well. I might as well be playing. You know, right tackle would probably be about as effective as what we've seen over the past few weeks. I mean, it, it is what it is. I mean, I'm not saying that to insult anybody, but I mean, the guys we've been rotating on that side of the line have not been good, right? Period. I mean, they, I mean, neither Fugar nor Wanamaker has executed to the level that either of them should be expected to play. Right, You can't, that's not coaching You know, that's not in-game play calling Now, you could say it's coaching But you could just say that, you know, they're Just not as talented As you think yeah. There's nothing wrong with that It's just, you know, sometimes you got what you got But that that's why I like seeing the younger guys Especially on the O-line come in Because they're, because here's what you've seen is Tree- being a freshman, he looks like one of the most talented guys on that front five, period. Just period. Mm-hmm. You look at Ball on the other side, again, you can tell the talent is there. It's just the experience that they need. So, you know, I'm happy to see him there. But then you got, you know, specifically at right tackle, I mean, <laughs> Wanamaker and Fugar plenty of experience. Fugar's still a little young, don't get me wrong, but, you know, Tyshawn should look a bit more adept than he does.
0: Well, I mean, and I guess, you know, that's all kind of making the point that I was was making is, it's not as easy as just, well, these guys are really talented and we've heard all about them for the last two years, just put them in there and let them play. Because sometimes you might not be able to do that for whatever reasons, when you've got – and I, I'm not an offensive coordinator. I'm not preaching to anybody. I'm just not. saying – there. I, I try to use pretty simple logic. If he's good, he'll play. If he can help you win, he'll be on the field. If he can't, he won't. Now, what are those reasons? Are they because, like, for instance, the Nick Harper situation, Phil, maybe because, like, he's not – he's just learning to play wide receiver – and there's just only so many things he can do. Uh, and they don't feel comfortable with putting him out there when they're already kind of struggling. Like this isn't this isn't like what we've seen out of the last probably seven or eight years from Alabama or what we've seen in the past from Clemson or what we've seen from Georgia. You know, you kind of put some of these young guys out there. They're really good. They kind of fit right in because the other 10 or 11 are doing their job. Um, or the other 10 guys, 9 or 10 guys, I mean, are doing their job. So you can kind of go in there and just kind of do your thing. And if you booger something up, like I'm not saying that it's gonna get masked or that it's not gonna be noticed or not going to be seen, but the impact might not be as big. And um and but then also like guys they they come along differently. It 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 takes some time for some guys, and then some guys they're only asked to do certain like Tyshawn Russell is playing, you would think Tyshawn Russell's playing and Nick Harbour isn't playing? Well, that doesn't make any sense. Well, Tyshawn Russell's been a wide receiver for the last six years. So there's some little things he just needed to pick up in the offense to get on the field, not necessarily learn how to play the position. Um, you know, at safety, it's easier to get a young guy in at safety. There's a few things that they really need to know how to do, and then you're using their athleticism to go out there and do it with. Um, but, you know, even that, you know, it's, those guys have had their moments, right? So, I mean, there's – there this is this is a team that um, I think that's why there's so much inconsistency Phil is you have a lot of youth um you have a lot of guys with a lot of talent but they're unproven whether they're I'm sorry unproven whether they are young or not TJ Sanders isn't young but you know he's just kind of oh man wait this guy's actually pretty good okay Mario Anderson isn't young but he's just now getting his opportunity to prove himself. Um, so, and they've played really good competition. I will say this, it doesn't matter, but I'll say it. If they would have played thus far Kentucky or Missouri schedule, they are also five and zero, and at worst they're four and one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the other side of it is that, you know, it's schedule. So front loaded with, you know, heavy hitters that. You, you just get depressed. It's, you know, you're like, oh my goodness, we're two and three. I mean, when realistically you're, and you said this earlier, JB, you figured you you might be one game off of what you thought you would be. You know, mm-hmm. three and two wouldn't have hurt anybody's feelings. You know, if, if we told you looking at it, three and two is what you're going to be at the bye. Without looking at which teams you won or lost, you'd have taken it. You'd have been like, yeah, I mean, you're opening up with a power five opponent, you get a top five FCS opponent, and then you're playing, you know, three SEC teams, two of which are considered to be top 10 programs, you know, preseason. You're like, I'll take it. But the way it's looked, and then you get here and you're three and two. <laughs> I mean, you know, you have played ball state and East Tennessee? And <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, it, you know what? I mean, you know, it, it's it's ridiculous. That's what I'm saying. So we're going to find out over the next few weeks what Missouri and Kentucky are actually, you know, look like. But yeah. at the same time, hell, that doesn't matter with what's going on, you know, inside Williams and Bryce. You got to beat Florida, period. Yeah, yeah beat Florida. I, yep. You know, yeah. I, I don't care to. if Missouri and, and and Kentucky lose their next four games. Uh, uh, you know, when it comes down to what we're doing, South Carolina's got to beat Florida because they're beatable.
0: Well, I'll tell you that, that's if when, you, if they so do will start Florida? getting
1: real worried if we look real bad that game. I mean, if that's they, just going to be like, yeah,
0: they're not going to the postseason if they don't beat Florida.
1: No, period. Like, you that's, that's, that's not more happening. than like, Yeah, you are going to have to steal games somewhere. You are going to have to steal two, and right. and, yeah. I know, and I don't know, I don't know if you, you can do that.
0: No, I, I mean, look, Florida's the third worst team left on their schedule. I think uh, behind Jacksonville State and Vanderbilt. Yeah, um, but I mean, yeah. It look, it's I. I don't. Their opportunities are coming up. I mean, all those teams. That, Florida. Look, it, it, it. You've got Georgia, and you've got and you got Tennessee, who are combined nine and one. That middle of the pack. That's what. That's what's coming. So their Carolina's opportunities are there. You know and that was the point before the season, like you're not going to beat Georgia every year or every other year, at least as it stands right now. that might change one day. things always do um you know, you felt I felt like they were better than Tennessee going to the game. I still don't think they're twenty one points worse than the balls. I really don't but yeah. um but but it doesn't matter. Tennessee beat the crap out of them all right Florida, Missouri. Kentucky, all three of them sitting there up next with the Gators, and the Gamecocks, like you're looking at the record, and it and it's it's a little depressing, and I understand that, but none of them have gone through what Carolina has gone through. Now, that's not to excuse it and say, well, Carolina's, the, you know, hey, look, man, they're always going to lose the games that are, are good teams, but they'll beat the bad teams. Nobody wants to hear that. Duh. Duh. Like, you've got to beat good teams to have good seasons. You can't just beat the so-so 50-50 average Joes every year and, and get to your six or seven wins. Like, nobody wants that. I know that. Um, I'm just saying in this phase of building under Shane Beamer, like when you look around and you look and you go, Missouri and Kentucky are 5-0 and oh, – well, if Carolina played South Dakota, Middle Tennessee State, Kansas State, and Memphis at home, and then at Vanderbilt, they'd also be 5-0. I'll make that prediction right now see, no doubt. Um, it, they would be sitting there at 5-0. and The Gators are at 3-2, and and they did beat Tennessee when they were at home, but outside of that, they looked like crap in the Charlotte game, and McNeese, McNeese State, me and you and JC, could have beat those guys. They lost at Utah, and they got throttled at Kentucky. Uh, so, you know, like – you know if if you if you were south carolina that that's not a bad schedule that's actually a pretty difficult schedule um but they had that tennessee game at home Car- you know yeah. carolina hadn't had that opportunity so you know these two teams are very very similar and those other two that are a combined 10 and 0 in missouri and kentucky they have literally not proven anything i mean i know kentucky beat the crap out of florida but that doesn't tell me that there's some big strong 5 and 0 team just yet if 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 it was you know, if Florida was, you know, 4-0 going into that game, different story. Um, you know, with a big win over, uh, you know, Utah on the road to start the year or something like that, but they have not looked good. So, mm-hmm. we still have a few weeks before we kind of know where the middle of the pack is in the SEC East, and Carolina still has a great chance to win all those games. It just doesn't feel that way because less than 48 hours ago, they got embarrassed on Rocky Dog.
1: Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, and and yeah, congrats, to Tennessee. I mean, you you won your Super Bowl. You've been waiting it and had it circled all year. You know, it it came there and you won. Good for yeah. you. Yep. Uh, yep. South Carolina, you gotta get your stuff together. <laughs> Take those hard looks in the mirror uh, over the next two weeks and 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 figure out how to put a team on the field that can, you know, out physical the man across from them. And if that means starting, you know, some younger inexperienced guys and just living with what happens and just rolling the dice on whether or not the talent's going to outperform the experience. And I'm almost at the point where I'm like, do it, you know, (laughs) you know because it's like here if you're going to look bad that's like I kind of wish you could see into the future right it was like okay for the next three games you're going to play this is going to be your record you know and then regardless of how it looks like even if it's it's 3-0 and or 0-3 how it looks matters how it looks matters to recruits how it looks matters to fans how it looks matters to everybody so it was like yeah you know you had you, know, you went two and one and and you had some younger guys in there that were really playing their asses off and and, you know, that would make me happy. Or you go, you know, one and two and we're still kind of trotting out guys who are experienced but have been falling short all season long. I'm going to be pissed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just am. Because here now you're going deep enough into the season, JB, where, these guys who could be getting actual in-game, real-time, real-speed experience to take into next year aren't. Right. And you got to start asking well, why.
0: I will say this. If there is a good news on the horizon, Gamecocks 2-0 under Shane Beamer following the off week. One of them was following a debacle in College Station, 44-14 to 14 in the first year. They turned around, took the week off, beat the Gators on their home turf 40-17 two years ago. Similar situation here. Coming off of a little bit of a debacle in Knoxville, you got an off week, you got Florida coming to town, and you're hoping to replicate that result if possible. Last year, uh, they also uh, would win following an off week when they took on Texas A&M at home, and they got that victory too. Of course, that off week last year came after the win at Kentucky. Um, so, um, but they did, uh, they are 2-0 and in home games following the off week under Shane Beamer and looking to make that 3-0 and next weekend. So, maybe that trend will stay true. All right, it is uh, 12.55. We do need to step aside for a timeout. we got John Whittle ahead. Uh, he also has uh, been in spending some time today with Mark Kingston. Uh, the Gamecocks are back on the field trying to get just two more wins this year to get to Omaha, Nebraska in his seventh season. We'll get an update from that press conference plus talks of football with John. By the way, Carolina and Clemson more than likely won't be playing their third uh, the the third game or really the second game, the neutral site game in baseball in Greenville. That contract is up and it's also up in Columbia. So if they're if they're going to re-sign it, I haven't heard uh, if they if they how close they are or whatever the case is. So hopefully we can get an update there. Or is there another location in South Carolina that's being considered? It has been played in Charleston before. Um, I know that uh, Myrtle Beach has tried to get them. I know that Augusta has tried to get them. I know Charlotte's tried to get them, and Coach Tanner kind of said no. Charlotte, with all due respect, is in North Carolina, not South Carolina. We would like to keep this game within our borders. Uh, So we'll kind of see if we can't get an update there because that's a really interesting scenario uh, for both the Gamecocks and Clemson in baseball. 803-766-6320 is the text line. If you'd like to fire us off something, we'll try to get it in the show. And we got one final hour coming up here. Inside the Gamecocks, the show on the Chief Sports app, which is presented by Dixie Vodka.
7: And chicken cock originated actually in Paris, Kentucky, in, in, which is today Bourbon County.
3: If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass, Sierra Foss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan, And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Sierfoss, 864-414-5271, Caldwell Banker Kane, in the upstate for your real estate needs.
0: Building your dream home is often just that, a dream, and sometimes a nightmare.
2: Hey everybody, this is Mo Koppel from Carolina Football. The show is painted garden black every day by a couple of painters. Go to LetMePaintSomething.com to check them out. Go
0: Cox. 10% off for military repeat customers or mention the show. Interior, exterior painting, fencing, cabinet staining, concrete painting, popcorn ceiling removal, and more. 803-522-6832. LetMePaintSomething.com Yeah! <laughs> Columbia and go Game Pops. here, Phil. One
1: o'clock? I know we're entering uncharted territory here this third hour. I'm going to have to get accustomed to it. I don't think I said that, you know, it was okay that since it was their Super Bowl, they won. It's not okay to lose. (laughs) Period. I mean, that's not what I was saying at all. So,
0: No, no. Look, it was no. There, there doesn't need to be an explanation for that. No, I mean Um, you know, yeah. Just that's that's it. Was it was like they they've had this that ball game circled for a while, and and you could see it. Uh, The fans, I mean, you know the the black uniforms, the you know all the stuff. I mean, it was uh, yeah. They were, they've been what made it so frustrating
1: is you had opportunities to not have that outcome happen. Yeah. And did not seize on them. You get turnovers with no points. You convert a fake punt, no points. You know, it's the same thing Beamer said in the post, but it's like, and and we saw an interesting, to say the least, offensive game plan that looked a little bit different than what we've normally seen that had shades of what we had looked at in the past. And that drew up all sorts of <laughs> pseudo PTSD for the fan base because we're like, oh my God, what are we watching? What are we watching? But yeah. Yeah, I don't know. There's obviously issues on this football team. They need to get other wide receivers up to speed. Um, I I was I, I couldn't believe it when Juju was on the field. I, I just couldn't. I thought we had seen the last of Juju McDowell for the year for whatever reason. Not that I knew anything. It just felt like that with his with him not being there over the past couple of games. JB, I just thought, okay, well, Juju's out of the rotation. <laughs> yeah, and then all of a sudden. Whatever uh, reason, and I was shocked to see him on the field. I thought the, the QB sneak that you were trying to go for on fourth and one was not what I would have done in that situation because you've just been coming off a third and short. You've been struggling to run the ball all game long, and they already have their run defense in there. Maybe try to hit the edge on that one. But Monday morning quarterback, and so, you know, who knows? Monday morning OC. <laughs> I don't know. Dowell, I think, will be the first to admit when he gets a chance to that he did not call his best game. And that a lot yeah, of that I'm falls on shoulders, you know? I mean...
0: But just yeah, the, I'm looking forward to hearing what he's got to say. Bad about night, that. bad night. He's been very open and honest about that. Uh, by the way, the Florida Carolina game will kick at 3:30 on the SEC network uh, next weekend. 3:30. Here's the full slate for the SEC. Phil Georgia at Vandy is on. Uh, this is this is really interesting. CBS, of course, is the last year of the contract with the SEC, but they they get two days a year where they can double dip. And I'm not exactly sure why this is one of them, but it is. So that game's on CBS at noon, Georgia at Vanderbilt. Uh, Also at noon on ESPN is Arkansas playing at uh, Alabama. And then the other 3.30 game is on CBS, Florida, Carolina on the SEC Network, A&M at Tennessee on uh, 3.30 on CBS. And then the night kicks – Missouri at Kentucky and Auburn at LSU, they are in the or category, six-day holds. Those will be announced after the ball games played this Saturday on ESPN or the SEC Network at 7 or 7.30. So that is um, that is the full slate. So uh, the Gamecocks will not have a night game when Florida comes to town. They've been full of night games, but um, they will not also have a noon game. So good news for Gamecock fans looking to not looking to get up at five a.m. to go watch football. Put it that way. <laughs> you dodged the noon window. And that's good. Yeah, yeah. Dodge the noon window. There's no doubt. Dodging Ray Davis has been a little bit of a a tough situation for those in the SEC. If you haven't paid attention, this is the best running back right now in the league. Um, he's run for he's six yards shy of 600. Phil through five games, which is just phenomenal. And he's done that on just 76 carries, and he's also caught 11 uh, balls out of the backfield for 146 yards. 11 total touchdowns this year um, through 11 total total touchdowns this year through five games. Last year, he did get over the thousand yard mark with Vanderbilt, but this was a guy like we were talking earlier about um, expectations and things of that nature. Very quietly added by Kentucky out of the transfer portal, and nobody really paid much much attention to it because he was just a running back coming from Vanderbilt who hadn't really been that good. Nobody did any research, looked at it, nothing, just nothing. And now this guy is literally driving the train. Only Devin Leary was talked about, unless you lived in the Bluegrass State. Kentucky football, that's it. Devin Leary, period, the end. And Liam Cohen, their offensive coordinator, came back. And now this cat is just running – all over the place with 594 yards uh, through five games this year. He's been a problem, and now the the thing is, because he's fourth in the country. In case anybody was wondering, if Georgia stops him, that's it. it. It's like you, Georgia, Kentucky, Devin Leary can't throw the football around for 400 yards to go beat Georgia. So, like, Kentucky's got to figure out how to run the ball. Like, there, there's really no – this isn't like Mississippi State and Will Rogers. You know what I mean? I like Devin Leary. Not the same situation where, like, okay, well, this guy, he can he can get hot and let you up through the skies. So, this we should all be paying really close attention Saturday night. Now, finally, the Wildcats on a big stage playing at Georgia, the whole nine yards if they stop the run, what does Kentucky have when they, when the run is stopped and it's not much beyond that.
1: <laughs> no, no, I agree. You might, if, if, Georgia is successful in stopping the run, you're going to see that there's Kentucky's got other issues.
0: Yeah. But, I mean, score. A,
1: Albert was effective with some of that running this past weekend. Now I know weird things happen on the planes. This is a, you know, A rivalry game, but that might be easier said than done, J.B. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Look, I I don't – Kentucky, we're going to pick this game at the end of the week. and I mean, I'm not going to wait to tell you. It's no secret. I mean, Georgia, I think, will win the game. Um, But, like, we had this conversation earlier about being able to diagnose the blue-collar middle class of the SEC East which that's where Carolina feels like they are. Would like to be in the upper echelon, but as of now, at 2 and 3 you're not. So, you know, Florida, Missouri, Kentucky, and South Carolina, even Tennessee. I mean, on like it's not like Tennessee's sitting there at 3 and 0 and they're 1 and 1 in the league with a win at home over the Gamecocks. That's it. So, like there's just so much still left to unpack and we're kind of Remember this conversation a few days ago, Phil? Like, we're kind of starting to figure out who people are and what they can do and can't do and what type of teams they match up well and don't match up well with and all those type of things. Like, well, South Carolina once again proved on Saturday night that they don't stop to run very well. So that's not a good sign for playing teams like Kentucky. Like, that smells to me of all the things that did nothing but piss off the Gamecock fans for four and five years, like, you, you get through a game, like, against the Wildcats or, or Missouri, and you're like, I don't understand how they beat us. Like, how <laughs> could we not beat them? What happened? Remember the 21 Kentucky game? Yeah, and then you're how like, How did they oh, win the game? They
1: ran for a 1,000 miles.
0: Yeah, it did, it, like, it didn't make any <laughs> sense, you know what I mean? Like, you walked out of there, and you're like, I, I saw them play football, but they didn't really seem like they were that good. Like, right. we know when you play Georgia what that looks like. They're good. Um. And, and so I think that there is, like, a lot of that that is still, like, TBD on all of this. Like, who are the good matchups and who are the bad matchups for, for South Carolina, for Missouri, for um, Kentucky, for Tennessee? I mean, it's, it's just for Florida. Uh, it's just still a lot of TBD, but, like, when you kind of look around the league and you see what they do well and what they don't do well based on numbers and you look at their schedules and you can kind of start figuring out pretty quickly – Okay, we this this team here matches up. This team doesn't match up, and um, and you know that's kind of why I brought up Ray Davis's numbers because he's one of those running backs that you know you you can't let him have 250 yards and beat you. And South Carolina, for whatever reason, has found ways to let that happen.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're not gonna they're, they're... if he runs for probably more than 150 JP, it's probably toast. You know, yeah, he's... I mean, you you can't have that happen and you know it's coming that was what was so infuriating one of of the things this weekend it was like you knew tennessee was going to run the ball you completely you know not completely shut down but you effectively closed the door on the running game of mississippi state who also likes to run the ball at this point Mm -hmm. right and you just couldn't do it again I that's what I don't understand. You could have committed yourself to that and let Milton's arm beat you. I mean, and I don't think he would have been able to do that. (laughs) That one magnificent catch on that deep ball, which I was like, I don't know how that guy came up with it. Thought it might've bounced off his leg. Then (laughs) picked it up. You know, it was just like, wow. And if that's the only thing you can get done, that's all you can get done, but you couldn't affect him. In the pocket as much as you wanted to, and you let them run the ball down your throat, which was—I mean—it
0: was just ugly.
1: It made me sad.
0: <laughs> the, the the Florida game, by the way, also is uh, sold out in in Columbia. But yeah, to your point, and I want to like I mentioned Ray Davis tie all this back into Phil, like coming off of your yeah. your comments here. Um, twenty six carries for two hundred and eighty yards. Is what Ray Davis had this weekend against Florida. That is one of the things. This has been a trait of the Gators for a, for a long time. I, I don't know that it's a Billy Napier thing. I don't think it was a Dan Mullen thing. I don't think it was a Shark thing, Jim McElwain. Um, I don't know that it was an Urban Meyer thing. The one, the one I, the one coach I can say it was not a thing was Coach Spurrier. But since then, this this has long been the case down there. If, if you kick them while they're down they're not getting back up like they the gator gator football when it's really good it's it's a it's a tough animal to, to cage you know what I mean yeah. um, but if they're having a rough day out there if you got a guy who's doing a number on them especially if it's one of those death by a thousand cuts type ball games where man we just cannot stop this guy from running the football or whatever the case is, I don't want to say they quit, but they sure looks like it. And you know, this past weekend that kind of happened once again, where it's like you know it's just a long day. And remember the bowl was it the bowl game last year? Watching them, wasn't they the bowl game where it was like what they didn't even want to be there in the Vegas Bowl?
1: Oh yeah, that I mean, <laughs> it was embarrassing. Yeah, it yeah, really like, was that was if, if, terrible showing.
0: Yeah, like if you're if you if you're a Florida fan. And you traveled to Lexington, Kentucky, or you traveled out to Las Vegas, or you went wherever the hell you decided you wanted to go to watch them play. And about halfway through the first quarter, they just pretty much quit. Like that's like that's that's personal, you know, as a fan. Like man, I <laughs> think about all the things that fans do: spending time maybe away from their family, spending all of their money, maybe not going to the mountains for the weekend or going to the beach for the weekend. Now they're gonna go to. Lexington, Kentucky, to watch you play football, or wherever it's going to be, and you just don't even care to be there. So why should I care to be there? After I've already spent all this money that you haven't had to spend. You got to fly and stay in five star hotel and eat free meals and play, play football. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get to do that. So you know it's that's one of the that's one of the traits that they do have. Where if you punch them early and you kick them while they're down, they're not kicking back. They just aren't. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's a cultural issue, not necessarily a culture issue. I don't know what it is, but it's it's you've seen it over the years and it's really disturbing, especially coming from a program like Florida. Like it's hard to believe that Florida is where they are. Like aren't they one of the teams that should never be bad ever?
1: No, I mean, like, you know, you're a powerhouse ever- brand. You you your state is, you know, top three in talent coming out of high school and you should not be struggling like it is. I mean, that, that fan base is willing to throw dollars at, at anything mm-hmm. <laughs> to to win. You yeah. know, so it's it's one of the reasons why everybody's like Napier needs to get it together because he'll be gone. They don't put up with that at all. <laughs> they will fire you and not care and try again. Now you kind of like that being competitors of theirs because they're like, wow, they just can't get their, they can't get any footing. You know, it was like they won't allow themselves to become consistent enough. But it, there's a fine balance there between how quickly you have to win versus you know, being able to actually put together a team built for the long run. So, I, I don't know. Now, the portal, I think, facilitates that a lot. And if you can bring in a good class out of the portal accompanied with a solid, you know, consistently solid high school recruiting class, you can be able to do that. But I don't think Napier's talent that he's brought in, from the, from the high school ranks is going to be enough to keep him around if, if they say, even if they go like six and six.
0: Ah, uh, it, it would. Yeah, you know, it like I, 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 I think if I think if they go to a bowl game, he will be back. But if it, you think? It, it, yeah, it, I, I do, I do, I, I really do. Um, and I think he should. I, I, I just, I, I'm so against coaches getting fired after two and three years. But I'll say this though. If they let's say they don't, let's say they finish, let's say they get beat, Carolina beats them, and then uh, and then Georgia beats them. All right, so they so they would have a win over Tennessee at home early in the year, but long enough to go to where the fan base would have forgotten about it. So it's all about how it looks, right, and how it feels. So yeah. you you beat Tennessee in week what was that two or three, and I think it was week three, and then after that you fall on the road at Kentucky. I said this before the year. Like, we talked about this. Like, think about it real quick here. It's the same thing at South Carolina. Like, if all of a sudden you're losing every year to – Carolina used to beat Kentucky every year. And all of a sudden you're losing to them? Like, this is their third straight loss to the Wildcats in the Swamp? That's not sitting well. All right, so if if you lose and then you lose to the Gamecocks, that would have been two of three years. So five of your last six games against – Florida, I mean, against South Carolina and Kentucky, you would have lost if if Carolina beats you next weekend. All right, and then you got the Georgia game in Jacksonville, and let's say they lose that one. Don't really know, not predicting that because Florida and Georgia, for whatever reason, no matter how bad the other one is, always find a way to play a great football game. But um, but let's say they do lose that. Well, we all know they don't like losing to Florida or uh, losing to Georgia. Okay. But so if they drop if they drop their ball game against the Gamecocks, and that slips them to uh, three and three, or I'm I'm, four and three because they would presumably beat Vanderbilt this weekend. Who, by the way, they lost to last year. But if they beat Vandy, they lose to Carolina. That makes them four and three. They lose to Georgia, makes them four and four. All right, again. They've lost five of six against South Carolina and Kentucky. Now they've lost to Georgia. People are pissed. Maybe they beat Arkansas. But then the final three games are at LSU, at Missouri, and at home against Florida State. Okay, so they don't, LSU has kind of been their cross division rival. But if you lose, so you add that on the fact that you lose three straight games to finish the year. And one of those is also against Florida State, whom, by the way, is back in the top five. And at that point in time, would probably be playing to get into the college football playoff. And and you finished yeah. the year five and seven with with those are the losses, Florida State, LSU, Georgia, Kentucky, South Carolina, and you're not going bowling? Ooh. Ooh,
2: wow. Yeah. <laughs> emotional. I
0: mean, you're talking about an emotional mess. That place would be yeah. – I mean, it would be crocodile tears, literally. So, I don't know. What's going to happen? I I I, I kind of think they're somehow going to squeak into a bowl game, but Phil, it's uh, Carol, Maybe. the South the Gamecocks could go a long way in preventing that uh, just by beating them coming up here in just a just a couple of weeks.
1: All hey, right, gotta, uh, it almost yeah. feels like that game is you know winner of that winner of that game goes to a bowl. Loser is is probably. Percentage-wise, really behind the eight ball. Yeah, not not going to go. No, they take absolutely. a couple of miracles.
0: 100%. Absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. Frederick said $50 million buyout. They don't care.
1: Yeah, that's a drop you. in the bucket. Yeah, yeah, they don't care. You know,
0: yeah, I hear you. I get it. I understand what you're saying. You know, that'd like. Missouri. Yeah, yeah, like, I get it. I, I, I know exactly what you're saying. Like, that's crazy. No one can pay that. They absolutely can. If they, need, if they need to pay it, they will pay it. Um, and these buyouts and stuff, guys, they don't matter anymore. They just don't. Not at the Big Fish. They don't. So, you know, they, they can go. If Carolina had a $50 million buyout, probably not firing your coach. Actually, I guarantee you you're not right now. No, yeah, no. Florida, A&M, Bama, Georgia, nah. They got it. They got it. All right, um, we do need to step aside. The great John Whittle is waiting patiently. The AP Top 25 uh, is out uh, real quick. The Top 10, the Blue Bloods are back, Phil. It's been that type of year in order. Georgia, Michigan, Texas, who better be very careful this weekend with Oklahoma. But uh, Georgia, Michigan, Texas, Ohio State at four, Florida State at five, Penn State at six, Washington at seven, Oregon at eight, Southern Cal at nine, Notre Dame at 10 a lot of history there in the top 10 Alabama at 12 and Oklahoma or Alabama at 11 and Oklahoma at 12. just an FYI so uh, Alabama' is right in the thick of it believe it or not being right just outside of the top 10. John Whittle is up next right here on inside the Gamecocks the show Columbia, and go Gamecocks!
6: Coach O here, and when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight out the bucket. Mmm, and the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's Porch. It's award-winning, it'll melt in your mouth, it's good on a cracker, it's good in a bowl, it's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget, Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award-winning as well, and they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online nanasports.com it's mm good Coach O signing off in the of summer go Tiger.
7: for chicken cock we get a medium to medium plus toast the char level we use a number three level char if you char too deep you start burning away some of those flavor components that you just created if you just char a barrel and you don't toast it
5: Ladies and gentlemen, here it is.
0: Five, one twenty-five. Welcome back inside the Gamecocks to the show here on the Chief Sports app. John Whittle is on the move because he has been down at Founders Park today, meeting with Coach Kingston as Carolina Baseball is set to uh, kick off fall practice. We'll get his thoughts on football coming up here in just a minute. But John, thanks for uh, for for popping in, and I'm sure it was nice to be back out at the ballpark today.
8: It's always nice to be out there at Founders Park. And I got to talk with with Coach Kingston for about a half an hour. And now I'm headed on down the road down to Florida for uh, a little uh, uh, AAU showcase type baseball stuff down in Jupiter, Florida. So a little little, little bit of a baseball time right now here for me during the bye week.
0: Yeah, baseball. (laughs) Baseball's a year-round sport now. uh, So I get it. Um, what did you learn today? What did anything, uh, new from, from coach Kingston? I know that you put out a report this morning about, uh, some injury stuff, uh, that can be read at the bigspur.com, uh, but, uh, anything additional to add on to that? Yeah. Um, well,
8: Kingston said today that the team is definitely going to be an Omaha team this year. No, I'm just kidding.
4: Um,
8: no, we, uh, <laughs> He, he, he uh, confirmed a lot of the injuries that we talked about on, on the Big Spur today. Roman Kimball's not going to pitch in the in the fall, as as we probably all already knew, as he's working back from, from Tommy John, Jake McCoy, uh, uh, a freshman who is uh, going to be a big piece of South Carolina's pitching staff this year. He's not going to pitch this fall. He's got a little bit of a, a back injury that's lingered since high school. Um, so they're... Those are a couple of guys who are who are really important who we are not going to see this fall. But um, you know he's he shed uh, he shed some light on, on you know what he's going to be looking for from a, a pitching staff standpoint. There's a lot of new faces out there that are are uh, you know into the program for the first time, be it through the freshman ranks or or the transfer portal. And but you've got a heck of a lot of talented proven hitters uh, on this team. Most, most of them coming back off of last year's squad, but. You know, also a couple of additions from the transfer portal, like a Kennedy Jones, a a Parker Nolan, and Austin Brindling. Uh, So really encouraged about the offense, a little bit of a flip-flop from from where it was last year. A year ago we were sitting here talking about uh, pitching staff is going to be awesome. It's going to hit. This year we're talking about hitters are going to be awesome. It's going to pitch. So uh, something to kind of work through this fall, and that's going to make scrimmages very very intriguing and those will get started this this thursday
2: afternoon john
0: did did he elaborate at all on the process of working the transfer portal you know i talked to to monty not too long ago who was just like dude this transfer portal stuff is is just exhausting it's literally from four or five in the morning until midnight every day did, did did Coach Kingston get into that and in, in his experience with it or no?
8: No, he didn't dive into that too much. But you know, I've I've talked with those guys, uh, whether it's King or or uh, in, any of the assistant coaches over there uh, about it a, a good bit. And, you know, it's it's uh, it's it's not real recruiting. It's not a, a whole heck of a lot of fun for those guys. But it's obviously something that's necessary and something that's greatly benefited. South Carolina so you know it's, it's something that you that you do and have to do well and you, you work out ways to to perfect things and and uh you know they've learned some things these last couple of years and you know you're you're seeing it a little bit right now in terms of how they want to make changes from from last year and and you know one of the more glaring things to me which I've, I've talked about with the staff and posted a little bit about on the big Spur, is you know the the it's a lot more difficult to recruit pitchers out of the transfer portal for for several reasons. One, everybody wants them, but two, there aren't as many available. And, you know, South Carolina is going back into the junior college ranks this fall a little bit more so for pitchers than they've done in the past, so they aren't having to necessarily rely on on transfer portals so heavily next summer. Um, You know, maybe not so much with hitters, uh, out of the JUCO ranks because they've been very successful with guys offensively and and those are a little bit more readily available but from a, a from a portal pitching standpoint those guys are harder to get and they're they're uh, beating the JUCO bushes a little bit more more fervently this this fall and and I anticipate uh, a couple of junior college pitcher commitments here in the next day or two
0: John Widow with the yeah. Big Spur John did um... That's interesting. We'll keep our eyes on that, by the way. Did uh, Coach Kingston elaborate at all on the current roster? Uh, guys who he feels like just based on seeing them in the fall from uh, their, their wherever they played ball this summer, or maybe they didn't play ball this summer. A lot of them weren't. They were just taking the summer to kind of work out, and then they've been doing skill work. Is there anybody who he – Kind of slipped right off the tongue like man this guy since the end of last season to the beginning of fall practice today has really really changed his body or come a long way really developed into something special.
8: well one, one thing I've learned about Mark Kingston over the years is he doesn't volunteer a whole lot of uh, a, a whole lot of that information'll he'll, he'll tell you what what he likes about guys but he doesn't like to point out too much of you know this guy's been incredible this guy has done that and the other. Uh, you know he did talk about Gavin Co uh, a little bit today in terms of his work ethic in the off season. He, Gavin is is uh, dropped a lot of weight he's been running a ton uh, and just getting his body in better condition uh, that's that's one guy who he he kind of he, he mentioned uh, specifically in terms of having having a great off season and, and having seen Gavin
1: Did we lose John? Right. We must have hit the dead zone there in John's signal.
8: Hmm.
1: Oh. Are you there, John? Can you hear us?
8: Hear you guys. Oh, there, ah, you, there are. you are. You came back. You're back. Hey, but, but yeah, uh, but but Gavin Costas Gavin has been great. And I've I've seen him a couple of times now, and and I can verify what what Kingston has said. He has definitely worked really hard on on uh, drop, dropping a little bit of weight and he's 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 made a few changes with his swing and, and he's uh, he's been really good so far uh, doing skill work.
0: Can't wait to get out there and watch him uh, practice. I might even, I think they scrimmage next weekend, John, and I'll be up for the uh, golf tournament, so maybe I'll try to get over there and see what those guys look like. Before you know it, baseball season will be back in Carolina last year. Two wins shy of heading to Omaha. They're hoping to capitalize on a pretty darn good 2023 year Alright uh, moving over to football again John Whittle here from the TheBigSpur.com It is 133 on Inside the Gamecocks this show. Uh, your thoughts from Saturday night's loss on Rocky Top Disappointing
5: um,
8: You know I, I, had, I had South Carolina as a, as a 10 point loser uh, going into it um, I, I I just I, it's, it's it's way too simple to to say this. Uh, very very basic that interception that takes six just just changed so much. Like you you feel like you were within striking distance, within touching distance, regardless of of not having played particularly well up to that point. Um, and it just that that just changed everything so much. And you know I, there's a a lot of a lot of folks out there who. Who are really at odds with Shane Beamer's decisions to to uh, take the opening kickoff when he has the opportunity on on most occasions, and you know that was that was one that gave, that adds fuel to that fire. Uh, you know, with with uh, South Carolina not coming out and scoring and looking great on offense initially, to to giving Tennessee the ball back right after that. You know, in the second half, it just uh, it was just all kind of downhill from that point. You know, there there were there were opportunities later in that game to to come back, but you just never felt like South Carolina, or you, you never felt like Tennessee uh, lost control of that game at all, or at least I at least I didn't. Um, so you know, I, it's there. This bye week, I think, is at a great time for this team, and I know we say that a lot, but you know this this one feels especially uh, especially helpful.
0: Uh, Pat DeMarco was telling us earlier John that generally these bye weeks they, they whip you up pretty good uh, those first couple of days before they give you some time off so I anticipate today tomorrow and Wednesday being probably pretty difficult practices for Carolina football um, and and then they'll they'll be off for three days but to your making your helping you make your point here uh, I think it's a good time uh, for a couple of things one from an injury standpoint but also from a youth standpoint okay now you think about the offensive lineman Trevon Ball big tree uh you think about some of the guys in the secondary some of these young wide receivers uh things like that you finally get a week where you're not having to prepare for a game you're actually getting to evaluate yourself focus on yourself uh so from a health standpoint and a development standpoint, with all the young guys that they're playing, it is a perfect time, and hopefully, it pays off. Gamecocks are two and zero under Shane Beamer, coming off of a bye week, and one of those was a forty to seventeen win two years ago over Florida at Williams-Brice Stadium after they got throttled in uh, College Station, Texas. Yeah, and, and uh,
8: I, I think I, I think the bye week is going to help out Tree and uh, Travon Ball. Is, as much as anybody, I mean, those guys can can take a step back and take a deep breath and just kind of say, "Okay, all right, this is where we are right now," and they can go back and clean up some clean up some things and, and be worked with by the coaches instead of just straight game prep. Uh, you know, I, I feel like that's going to be really good for for those guys just to just to kind of hit a little reset and 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 go forward. Um, you know, certainly a big deal to. To uh, get some get some guys healthy healthier uh, again, but you know I, I think it's also a great time to integrate maybe some maybe some guys who uh, in, into the rotation who haven't been been featured as much. Maybe it's a Tyshawn Russell, maybe it's a Nick Harbor. Like I've been pretty high on on the group of South Carolina's wide receivers, pass catchers. I guess if you want to throw Josh Simon and and um, Trey Knox into that as, as well. Uh, but you know, after that Tennessee game, I didn't quite get the sense that that uh, Shane and even Spencer Rattler were were quite as high on that group as, as I I am. Um, you know, they both kind of mentioned that and, and kind of said so with their, their the inflection in their voice and in their body language that some of these guys need to need to be better and and maybe it's. Maybe it's time to, to integrate some new guys in there a little bit more, more often, and, and use some guys a little bit more often. And I'm not saying that Nick Harbour is the cure to, to South Carolina's offense. You know, far from it. Uh, but but maybe maybe it's somebody else. Um, so I, I I just I just think that right now South Carolina's got a lot of things that uh, that it can use this bye week for to be better uh, going forward into the season.
0: Uh,
1: 100%. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and I was going to say, John, I mean, specifically you know, with the wide receivers, because I kind of caught that in the post games, too, with them not necessarily being happy with the performance, but is that, uh, do you think that's just directly reflective of the fact that, you know, 67% of what kind of accounted for in the preseason is, is not on the field right now, and, and X is, you know, really all you have that you plan the most for ahead of time
8: yeah i mean i, I think that's i think that's certainly part of it like having juice wells back would certainly be helpful but at the same time like you know he didn't practice at all this this summer and in the preseason like he's, he's done very little you know since since the end of last season right. and you've he, had plenty of time to, to Get guys ready, and for for Spencer Rattler to uh, to, to form that that timing and connection with over the course of over the course of uh, the spring summer preseason camp because Juice hadn't been there, so some of these guys probably should be a little bit more productive, I guess. And you know, I've been higher on a and Brown than most guys, and you know, apart from that first screen pass of the game, he was kind of silent the other day. Um, you know, there were. Several times where, or Shane pointed out several times where where uh, wide receivers were running wrong depth of routes, and, and uh, you know they've caught they've caught almost everything that's come their way this year. But you know if you're not doing all the little things right, then then uh, that's going to be detrimental to to an offense. And you know I, I'm not going to sit here and bag on these guys for for you know a, any longer. Like Spencer Rattler is. is uh, been one of the best quarterbacks in the country, and you're not going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the country if you're not getting getting help from your wide receivers. But uh, that that group might need uh, uh, a little bit of a I don't know if it's a reality check or a little bit of uh, have, have a little come to Jesus meeting or, or, or whatever you want to say. But uh, I, I feel like that position group is is probably one that uh, will be a little bit under fire uh, over the course of this next week.
0: Yeah, it's, look, Xavier Leggett might be the best. In my, well, in my opinion, even regardless of the fact that he still, quote, only had 50-something yards this weekend, he's been the best wide receiver in college football. But, yeah, John, we also saw what it can be like. They, they've had issues blocking all year long um, up front, and they've had some nights where things have been, you know, on the mend, so to speak. Uh, but if Xavier Leggett isn't catching the football, who is? And, and um, I think the guy that I, I, would, I am keeping the closest eye on moving forward outside of can they get Juice healthy? And even if they can, I don't know what he's going to really bring to the team. Ho- hopefully it's a lot. But you can't just count on that right now. But I think the guy that I'm really looking the most forward to seeing is Omega Blake. Um, the question that I have with that group is Josh Simon. I mean, John – He's really talented, and I, I don't know if he maybe doesn't have the rapport, or they haven't necessarily figured out what's best to have him and Trey Knox on the field at the same time, or whatever it is. But I mean, dude, eight catches for 40 yards through five games for Josh Simon is—that's not good. Like, he's a guy who can help you. I, I just don't know what it takes to get him really involved in in the ball game.
8: Yeah, and I'm not sure what the answer to that is either. I mean, I know how much they like like Trey Knox, and it doesn't feel like they're running uh, nearly as many two tight end sets as I was kind of expecting from them this year with, with those guys. And you know, if, if, if your receivers aren't being quite as productive as you want them, then you know maybe throwing the extra tight end out there will be helpful in in a number of ways. Uh, well, from a from a pass detection standpoint, and. uh and a uh, reception standpoint, so uh, I, I think that's something that will be evaluated over the course of the the bye week as well. You know, it's a it's a great time for South Carolina to, to dive a little bit deeper in, into self scout mode too. I mean, that's something that they do, you know, ev- after every game anyway. But you know, yeah. there's there's a little bit more of an opportunity to to uh, to, to do a little bit more, um, you know, when when you don't have a game. So. You know, it's a, it's a bye week for the coaches to get better too, and, and those guys need to coach themselves up some as well.
0: Well, there's no question about that, John. How important in your, in your mind is this Florida game for the rest of the season?
8: I mean, it's, it's, it's critical. Yeah, I mean, you can't, you can't lose this game. I, I, I don't think you can lose this game and go on and have a successful year. Uh, or, or a year up to the standard that you thought you were going to have. I mean, there there are some fans out there who would say, as long as you beat Clemson, regardless of what your your record is, it's a good year, it's a successful year, and you know they 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 can have that, I, I guess. But you know, if you're gonna gonna go on and and have a, a shot at a decent bowl game and and so forth, like you've got to win this Florida game. You 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 lose this, and then turn around and go on the road to Missouri and. Texas A&M, and, you know, it's it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be rough. It's gonna be very rough, and, and I, I this is a, a very winnable game. It's at home. Like it, I, I, I'm one of my bi week things to do is to 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 go and look and see how how uh, home teams are faring versus road teams, especially especially in the SEC. And, and see how that's correlating because it sure seems like it's been really really difficult for, for road teams to pull upsets in order to win games period forget forget about upsets uh, just just win a game period and you know you uh, you got that game at home against a very beatable Florida team before you go on the road for, for two teams that have looked pretty darn good so far this year and it's, it's, it's massive
0: boy. Massive is a word that uh, will be said a lot over the next 10-plus days. Uh, Here, I'm going to fire this warning shot to all Gamecock fans. Listen closely. I'm sure John Whittle will write about this between now and then. Listen closely. It is homecoming. It is State Fair weekend. And it is Gamecock football at 3.30 versus Florida. Don't show up at 1230 and complain about the traffic, okay? <laughs> now, if the traffic, they need to fix it. I was very, very agitated last week. There are some issues that they have got to get fixed, but you're going to have to get out there very early on Saturday. Just are. Uh, and uh, so it's going to be a wild, wild weekend around williams Bryce Stadium. John? Safe travels. I hope. Speaking of traffic, I hope it's not bad for you. What are you on ninety five or about to be?
8: Uh, we're we're getting getting close to that. Not quite there yet, but not far away. But I, I tell you what, that's that's great news about a three thirty kick. You get to uh, get to sit in traffic in in state fair traffic on the way to the game and on the way from the game. Can't, <laughs> can't ask for anything better.
0: Well, I'm coming up for the Letterman's golf tournament the night or the day before, so I'm just gonna just just park down there on friday and say forget it uh i'm not i ain't doing it um but uh i'll I'll
8: park down there friday night and just sleep in the car
0: yeah absolutely i agree with you Uh, i'm not i'm not in the mood to deal with all that but it's going to be a mess just so everybody knows but uh john i hope 95 is not a mess for you safe travels to the sunshine state and we'll see you when you get back i appreciate it thanks so much for having me guys Always, no, thank you, yeah. man. Thank you very thank much. John you. God, mm-hmm. the great John Whittle from TheBigSpur.com. dot com. Jamie says uh, Vanderbilt, Mississippi State, both have two home losses, and Auburn lost to Georgia. That's it. Yeah, it's um, it's it's not a ton, not a not a ton. Generally, the road, like if the if the teams are, I'll, again, John will have the info on this. He's going to do the story, so I'm not going to upend his hard work, but. If the two teams are similar, or if it's got that feel of like, mm, this could be an upset this weekend, it has been. Right. Um, yeah. If the team coming in is just much better, then the team wins. That's much better. Uh, outside of that, there's just, you know, there might have been some close games, but the results have uh, largely been as expected. Robert, uh, hey, Robert, uh, said, do you guys offer these questions to the coaching staff, especially the one about playing? Double tight ends. Well, um, I certainly would uh, if uh, if if I was going into the PCs. It's a good question, um, and yes, uh, I know that. Hale, I know at least Hale has asked some. Um, uh, I'm not exactly I worded them, but um, these questions have been asked in in different ways, shapes, and forms. Um, I I don't report necessarily, so you know even, even though we're approved to go in there. We don't, um, but, um, but that's a good question, and you're right. You know, when we sit here and talk about it, these are questions that absolutely need to be handed to Coach Beamer and his staff uh, because not, not questioning anything necessarily, just curious, just curious. So um, I thought we'd see more of that to this point, though, to his point, that point right there that uh, uh, Robert made uh, in our chat box, Phil. I thought through 5 games we would have seen a lot more of Josh Simon and Trey Knox on the field at the same time. I thought and so that- too,
1: especially with everything we heard coming out of the, you know, preseason, you know, hey, we've got these two awesome tight ends, you know, they' it, it sounded as if it was going to be hard to keep them both off the field at the same time. At least as the narrative I picked up coming into the season, and it just does not play it out that way.
0: Agreed. Uh yeah, I I was under a entirely different impression of um of how those two guys could simultane simultaneously contribute. Um but uh so far it's been a little bit different than what I thought and that's why I'm not running the offense at South Carolina. Nobody hired me nor asked me my opinion. So nope. I get it. <laughs> Alright, um, it is uh, 1.50. We do have one quick final break to slide in. We will do that and begin to wind things down here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show built by the Barn Doka.
7: Chicken cock originated in Kentucky, like so many other Bourbons, and so the resurrection of it, you know, Paris, Kentucky, that's the county seat of Bourbon County so much of this whiskey was being made in that bourbon county put on ships and and barges and shipped down ohio down the mississippi and got to new orleans where it got distributed all over the world and people kept saying well hey i want some more of that whiskey from bourbon county and so that's how bourbon whiskey uh, got its name and chicken cock originated actually in paris kentucky which is today bourbon county
3: If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass, Sear Foss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses Cindy Sirfoss 864-414-5271 Wall Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs
0: building your dream home is often just that a dream and sometimes a nightmare
2: Hey everybody, this is Mo Koppel from Carolina Football. The show is painted garden in black every day by a couple of painters. Go to LetMePaintSomething.com to check them out. Go
0: Cox. 10% off for military repeat customers or mention the show. Interior, exterior painting, fencing, cabinet staining, concrete painting, popcorn ceiling removal, and more. 803-522-6832. LetMePaintSomething.com. Columbia and
2: go Game Pops.
0: It's a one fifty three final segment on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. I uh, I I who said that? Where where was that? Uh, Carolina Titan said, uh, "Sad to say, but Delt made the right decision going to Georgia because uh, Carolina isn't it throwing ain't throwing it to the <laughs> tight end." That's but that's not true though. I mean, so look. George, uh, Oscar Delp is the, what, second leading tight end at, uh, Georgia. He's behind Brock Bowers, who was going to go in the first round. Um, and he's got, I just pulled his stats. He's got nine catches this year for 115 yards. He's got 14 catches in his, in his entire career, um, at Georgia. And I think the only other tight end for, for the dogs that has a catch has like three, two or three somewhere in there. Um, so, you're talking about 40 catches or so between the tight end. So, Trey Knox has 17, and Josh Simon has 8. That's 25. I mean, the additional throws to the tight end are because it's Oscar Delt, not because they just can't wait to throw it to the tight end. <laughs> yeah. You know? So, <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't agree with that. Uh, I hear you. I know what you're saying. I think he made the decision to go to Georgia because that's where he ended up wanting to go um not because the gamecocks don't target the tight end you know they do having a tight end through five games honestly with 17 catches is actually a lot uh to be honest with you that's that's a that's a lot so uh, I think that Simon probably needs to play more but um but 25 combined catches between your tight ends through five games is a lot um and you add that on the fact that Xavier Leggett is one of your wide receivers, and um, you know the, I, Carolina does a pretty decent job of targeting that position. But, um, but uh, yeah, I, I would disagree with that comment there. All right, uh, so tomorrow is Tuesday, and uh, on Tuesdays we do have the great golden tones of Mike Morgan. He'll be joining us for a couple of hours tomorrow from noon until um, 2 p.m. So we're looking forward to getting him in. We have Hale McGranahan tomorrow. As well, I don't think I need to go back and check, but I don't think that Shane has a press conference tomorrow. I'm pretty sure he doesn't.
1: Yeah, I wasn't sure about what coach availability would be this week. Oh, and since we're updating programming, y'all send in your questions for Chase and Jeff of Park Avenue. They would love to dispel any NIL questions that you have or rumors that you may have heard. So uh, mm-hmm. send those to inside the gamecocks at gmail.com is one way to do it. You could also do it through the connect tab on the app. We'll be happy to field your NIL questions there, but they want to hear from y'all specifically. They've asked us to ask you to send in some questions for them. That way uh, they'd be happy to answer them.
0: Yep. Yep. No question. Um, please do that you can text them 803 76 sixty three twenty. but they can also uh as you just said inside the game cocks at gmail.com there what time are they joining us wednesday phil
1: i want to say we said i'll have to double check i think it's 12 30. okay all right perfect. yeah yeah i know it's afternoon yeah, I'm pretty sure it's twelve oh five. Twelve oh five. So good old Super Station twelve oh five. <laughs> okay, all right.
0: That's a that's perfect. Yeah, I don't think um I gotta go back and I'm pretty sure that there is no press conference tomorrow with Shane. So I'll I'll confirm that. But I'm pretty sure he's he's off with him being off. But we will certainly make sure. Uh, you can and uh, with those um the questions for if you go to the app if you pull up the app. If you click the connect button, there are you can contact anybody in there directly and you can also contact all of us uh, with whatever program you might want. to. You, there's a section for marketing availability. If there's something you'd like to do in there, um, programming, if you've got a question, comment or concern there, everybody directly. Uh, if you want to contact Park Avenue, there's a link to Park Avenue in that connect button as well. Uh, that will uh, make sure that they get to see that. Um, so there's there's kind of a, a whole setup in there for whatever specifically question, comment, concern you've got. It's in the Connect section in our app. It's one click, very easy, and then it, it comes right through and we get it instantly. So please make sure you've downloaded the Chief Sports app and you are utilizing everything we have to offer. Uh Chuck said, "Delp wanted to play for a Natty. That's it. Yeah. Hey, there you go. <laughs> kind of sums it up. Kind of sums it up. Thanks to John Whittle and Pat DeMarco for joining us today. As I mentioned, Hale McGranahan will be with us tomorrow, and so will Mike Morgan. We look forward to seeing all of you then." We are teed up by travelingcountryclub.com. Travelingcountryclub.com, the coolest club in the Carolinas. We are built by the BarndominiumCo.com and served by chicken cock whiskey. For JC and Phil, I'm JB. We'll see you tomorrow at 11 on Inside the Gamecocks, the show.